This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 197, creeping ever closer to that number 200 mark. My name is Nick Howell. And for two hours, I was promised someone would eat dog food, and I'm still waiting where is the dog food eating? Give me what I want. I want what I want. Give it. Never mind. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome <laughs> to the show. And as you might be able to tell, it was an interesting week in wrestling. We had uh, uh, AEW, NXT, uh, SmackDown happen, New Japan, New Beginning in Sapporo. It was it was a hell of a week, Nick. Fallout from the Royal Rumble uh, over on the main roster in WWE. So lots. To discuss, we're kind of starting to build up for the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Uh, NXT is building up for NXT TakeOver Portland, which I wanted to go to, but it's going to cost me thousand and thousand something dollars to get up there. So uh, I might yeah, have to skip that one. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's been a hell of a week, Nick. It has. Were you entertained? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, for the most <laughs> part, it was a lot of eh. <laughs> Ooh, a lot of meh. A lot of meh. A lot of really? meh going on this week, for oh sure. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's tell you what. Let's do the housekeeping, and then I want you to tell me why it was meh this week, sir. But get into that housekeeping, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yes, indeed. Well, guys, definitely come over and join us on Facebook. As always, it is the hub of our operation. Just go to Facebook.com and search for Busted Wide Open, and you will find our page. Hit that like on our page and send us a join request to get into the discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones because we post all kinds of fun memes, news stories, have some great positive civil chats that go on in there and we we aim to keep it that way it's not one of those groups where it can get all sideways happens from time to time but we old sheriff mcdonald keeps us in shape over there Hat tip in, of the sheriff and the facebook discussion group sheriff uh, you can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast and pinned across all of our social media, media profiles as well as in the description below if you're watching here on YouTube is a link to our Discord server where you can get access to live chats all throughout the week all the time for every promotion as they go on as well as dedicated chat channels for all of the pay-per-views as they happen such as Royal Rumble last weekend. Uh, we're going to have one for AEW Revolution coming up here as well as TakeOver Portland as you were just describing Surrey and Dangerous. Oh, so yes. make sure you get into our Discord community as well. Think of it this way. Facebook group, 
Live chats happen outside of that, so we keep all the spoilers out of the group. So make sure you're into both, because two different purposes there. Uh, Last but certainly not least, uh, make sure you're subscribed here on YouTube, because in case you didn't know, if you're listening to us on audio right now in your car on your drive, we have a YouTube channel. And it might be breaking news to you if you just started listening to us recently, but yeah, we do live stream twice a week. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern as and Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we are today. And we do our patron mailbag as a live stream immediately after we're done with this show right here on Saturdays around 5 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you come over to youtube.com slash open. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you jingle that little notification bell as well so you get alerts anytime we go live or put up new content. And a big thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you guys for all of your support. You continue to show up, and you continue to give us your hard-earned dollars every single month. And if you guys would like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers there where you can get copies of show notes, uh, access to some sweet swag, bonus episodes, Skype calls with with Nick and Surrey and Dangerous, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Ian, we've got a lot to get into this week, so I don't want to waste a lot of time, but let's kick things off with All Elite Wrestling. John Moxley is your number yeah. one contender. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, stop. Oh, make it stop. Make it stop. Okay. Uh, oh, God. Ow. 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 Oh, God. I, 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 I hope that hurt you. Uh <laughs> Number one contender, John Moxley, came out, cut a promo. He doesn't like oh. bullies, Nick. Not a fan of bullies. That Me was kind of the, That was the theme of the show, was, was one-eyed John Moxley, pirate king John Moxley, Nino be liking the bullies. Uh, I can't tell if I should make fun of, fun of him for being a pirate or a solid snake, but he still got that eye patch going. He, had, he was on New Japan last night. He was still wearing the eye patch. Yeah. My man Gar. is keeping kayfabe. He's keeping kayfabe. Uh, Perhaps he's going to be down in Tampa to plunder some booty. (laughs) Uh, He'll have a number one fan in Kyrie Sane. True. She likes the pirates. In case ye didn't. And he likes the booty. You knew that had to come at some point. All right. So Mox doesn't like bullies. Uh, and he basically said so in the ring. He said, uh, I, you know, I have a code. Jericho doesn't have a code. And Chris Jericho, of course, came out to respond. But he didn't come alone. He came out with all of the inner circle, plus like five other dudes from the, I guess, from the South Bronx, and they all came down to fight Moxley. So it's ten on one, and uh, Moxley's fighting them off. The security guards get involved to try to pull them apart. Moxley kills a security guard for some reason, not one of the 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 actual bad guys. All right, fine, and he goes off and hangs out in the crowd. So. Big, big brawl just to, to, to kick us off here. Good time. Uh, and in the closing of the show was Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz versus Private Party and Darby Allen. And after Jericho gave an absolutely amazing-looking Judas effect to uh, Isaiah Cassidy, who sold it. He sold it like death. Great he, looking. He sold it like seizure. Yes. Yeah, well... As posted in the Facebook discussion group, that does happen when you get knocked out. Your body can go yeah. rigid and you can you get, seize you get, up. You get hit straight in the nose right there. You're, you're, your body is not going to like that too much. No. There was some controversy like, over whether or not. Look, we've seen the twitching. We saw Edge do it with his hand on Monday night. We saw it's, it's, it happens, right? And it's, it it's does. good selling, but I can understand there's a line there where 
you're not sure whether somebody's selling or they're really hurt. And that is the whole point of the referee coming over when you see them grab their hands hand. and yep. they check. So everybody calm down. <laughs> Giving away the secrets, Nick. Giving away I the know, secrets. I know, I know. So, uh, yeah, so he, he sold it like death. And then afterwards, the beatdown commenced. They started to attack Darby Allen, uh, gave him a throat buster on his own skateboard, like just was messing him up. But Moxley's not going to stand for that, Nick. And he came down with a baseball bat to even the odds and, and chase everybody off. So I popped. Uh, so here, here we at the end of this, we have Darby Allen, who's kind of not really doing anything, and John Moxley, who's the number one contender. Do you think that now they have, there's going to be an alliance there? Or was Moxley just like, ah, you were being bullied. I don't give a shit about you, kid. Like, would you like to see like a, a bit of a uh, an alliance happen between Moxley and, and Allen? I don't want it to, but I wouldn't be mad at it. I like mercenary uh, in business for himself, Moxley. Re- doesn't care about face or heel. Doesn't care about anything. It, it's he's just Mox, and right. he just wants to whoop people's ass. And if you cross him. It doesn't matter if you're a good guy or a bad guy. He's going to whoop your ass. That's the Moxley I like. I think that's the Moxley that has gotten over this huge. But that place was roaring for some John Moxley uh, uh, Wednesday night, for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's inarguable he's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest guy in AEW. But, you know, I've always this reason that he's there. He's a top dude. So I'm very curious what they're going to do with him now having this title opportunity against Jericho because what if he loses? What are you going to do then? Um, and if he wins, then what are you going to do? Like, that's, I'm shocked they're having this program this quickly. Yeah. But, hey, we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how they, how they deal with the Darby Allen situation getting there. I think that could be – actually, you could have some really good TV with uh, the dynamics between Moxley and Allen. You know, Moxley, as you say, being kind of a, a mercenary out for his, his own good kind of guy and Darby Allen being a you know, hot topic kid with nothing to lose and doesn't give a crap about anything. And yeah. That could be a fun dynamic. If they realized that they had some similar interests. So, uh, yeah. And I also like, I like, I don't know about you, but I like the fact that Jericho has a lot of nuance to his champion character. Like, he can absolutely kill you. He's actually going to be, you know, in a match, he is dangerous. He can beat the best in the world. But he's also not afraid of looking silly. Right. And I, li- and I like that. That's, I think that's fantastic. It, it, it shows a lot there's sometimes in WWE they get into the mode like Vince gets gets kind of tunnel visioned where if someone's silly they can only be silly right right um I, I still remember when Seth was champ and he was the uh that kind of like squirrely heel champ he could never be strong like you, you could, there was a couple of times where he looked reasonably strong but always in the end he would not be strong right right um he always had to rely on his his little goons to help him Jericho can handle his own business if need be but he's not afraid of looking goofy in a situation if it calls for it. But he recognizes that he doesn't have to when he's got friends around. So in him, even what makes him even more of a dick is he's got people to do his dirty business for him. Yes, when backed into a corner, he can absolutely whoop some ass. And right. when he's in a match, he can do that. But I think the thing that escalates that to the next level for him is that he does take advantage of his goons, of everybody sure. around, as often as possible, so that he doesn't have to sweat. He doesn't have to exert anything, right? Well, it's kind of like John Moxley, where you're having your cake and eating it, too, where right. I, th- I think at this point, Moxley's kind of playing the character that every young boy at 14 years old wants to play, the strong, independent badass, doesn't need any help, you know, <laughs> can get the job done. Uh, he's, he's playing that guy. He's like the playing the guy that every wrestler wants to be, well, I want to be the cool guy. 
Well, not everyone gets to be the cool guy. Well, Moxley, Moxley gets to be the cool guy. I was a little right? more comes Darby out, Allen. Comes out school. of the audience. Comes out of the audience and like, oh, all the fans love him. And I don't really give a crap about anything. But at the same time, I have a heart of gold. But I'm a psychopath. But I also, you know, know my limits. But I also have no limits. He's basically getting every, like he gets everything that he wants. You know what I mean? I can I can go and face off against Minoru Suzuki in New Japan, and he'll sell for me. You know, but at the same time, like be all snugly with my wife Renee Young. Here's he the difference do, for me. Moxley is the high school quarterback that every kid looks up to in a way. Darby is the emo kid that's out in the parking lot smoking cigarettes and giving the finger to the Renacop security guard. And and I'm, I'm a little bit of both of those in a way. <laughs> Because I was a uh, math yeah. and band nerd, but I was also kind of a little bit of an athlete, <laughs> and you know, so, right. so it was this weird chameleon thing that I had to do to play with both. You uh, saw crowd. both of these guys. Yeah, yeah you I saw, saw both, both of these archetypes in high school for sure. Right. Well, <laughs> if, if 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 Moxley was the quarterback, you got some bad boys as quarterbacks. Yeah, right. At your high school. Good lord. Anyway, uh, so also on the show, Butcher and Blade. We saw where Butcher and Blade live or work at least. Uh, my, we had MJF go and give them a whole stack of cash to uh, to take out the Young Bucks. That was pretty so cool. They turned that... it over and it said Young Bucks on it. No words were said. I actually right. really liked this vignette. Yeah, it well, it's it's the sort of thing they should have had before we saw Butcher and Blade in the first place. Didn't we say this out, about Dark Order? <laughs> yeah, it's the same problem. Is is why didn't you define these guys like this? before you brought them out so that when you did bring them out, people wouldn't be sitting there going, who are you? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, it's those scary mercenary guys. And, uh, you know, they can't, still can't win a damn match. They, they lost to the Bucks again. They're being hired to go take out the Bucks, and they lose. They, now, to their credit, they did beat up the Bucks after the match, but then they got chased off by, by uh, Omega and Hangman Page or Beer Man Page or whatever he's, hold my beer page. Right. Uh, you know, it's so it's, I'm, I'm disappointed in how they're handling butcher and blade because they, they don't feel like a real threat. They, every time they do, they kind of go, okay, but not really. Yeah. Uh, how cool would it have been though to our, to, to reinforce the point? If we had just seen MJF, he turns on Cody, he has Wardlow, but all of a sudden we just see this random vignette. We'd never seen bunny or butcher and blade, but we just see MJF and Wardlow walk into a slaughterhouse and hand these two dudes an apron. No words exchanged, and they turn it over like that. Is it that right there for me? Would have just, I would have been over the moon about something like that. Now yeah. I don't really. It's like all right. It's a it's a bit of a numbed reaction. But if they had, it's not what done it, it would in the be. Inverse, the, the, well, the mystery of if we didn't know who these guys were, and he just showed up and gave them the, th and then they were like creepy, and they're in his like actual you know butcher, <laughs> whatever it was like a uh, meat rendering plant. And, you know, who are these guys? Why is he giving them money? And then right. when they show up, you go, oh, God, they're gonna, they're here to take out the Bucks. Uh, it's, a, it's a totally different reaction. So, yeah, definitely something that they should have done kind of the other way around. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's not. I don't think it's too little too late. It was still fun, but should have been should have been done sooner. Uh, that being said, looking like uh, Hangman Page still having some beef with, uh, with the Bucks and Omega. He comes in and, you know, pretty much lays out the guys, uh, he's the last person in, and he's just—he's still able to buckshot Larry, even though he's drunk. So, uh, but my question here is, the 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 Bucks actually like kind of are acting like dicks to him. You know what I mean? Like they're they're being interviewed backstage after all this, um, 
and the Bucks are saying, oh, we're going to go for the tag titles, and Omega goes, all right, all right, you know, you guys can if you want, I guess. We'll, 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 we'll figure that out when we get to it. And uh, Hangman comes in. He's like, oh, check out our new belts. Look, it's got our names on it. And, uh, and the Bucks are like, whoa, hey, buddy, what's, what's going on? But then they start to just act really pompous to him as well. No one's really likable here, Nick. Like, Hangman's charming and he's being kind of a dick, but it's kind of because the Bucks were a dick to him first. I don't know how to feel. How are you feeling about this? Why are they messing with Hangman? Dude's just having a beer. All right. He will, he, and he was feeling he was feeling down about his role in the elite, and then they kind of reinforced that. Yeah, they kept ignoring him and kept treating him like a kind no of. No wonder bomb he story. doesn't want to be in that group. They're no treating wonder him like he wants shit. to be drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and then he and then he comes in and he actually like does good, and he wins the, t- the tag titles single handedly, which he genuinely did. And then everyone's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look how happy we are for Kenny Omega that he's a tag champion. Like it's like a Saturday morning cartoon of friends being dicks to each other. The problem is, is that that's not. I'm not sitting here going, man. I can't wait for Hangman to show those bucks who's boss. But I'm also, I'm also not like, man. They really need to get control of Hangman because he's unreasonably out of control. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on both sides and on neither side. Yeah, the way that they're playing this, and I'm kind of in the sit back and eat popcorn and, and watch this develop over time side. Like I, right. I don't want to keep doing what you're doing because it, it's it's kind of working. So let's let's see how right. let's see if they can take this sort of new Japan style of long term storytelling and bring it to the American fast food audience. I guess yes, and, and I guess I guess there is part of me that's kind of like tell me what I should think, but there's also a part of me that's like, no, really, like what am I supposed to be taking away from this? Like who am I supposed to am I supposed to like nobody in this? Because right. that doesn't make any sense. No, who should I be? Who give me something to tell me like who I should actually be liking in this? Because I'm not I don't see that right now. No. I'm actually over here going. Can we get Butcher and Blade win? Like, can we get can right. we get them a win? I mean, nice, please. Uh, can we get a we also, uh, women's division? Anybody? Oh, we'll, oh, we'll get. Oh, we'll get to that. Nick. We'll get to that. But first, we have to get to Cody versus Kip Sabian. First time I think we've really seen Kip on a big stage. Uh, had a you know the big match, and uh, boy, they tried to fit a lot into this match, didn't they, Nick? Yeah, they did. There was a lot going on. Uh, Penelope Ford interference. Arn Anderson getting involved and ultimately getting himself kicked out of ringside from getting too involved. Uh, Cody and uh, the Joey Janela popping up in the crowd, interrupting Kip Sabian and, and Padel before trying to kiss, which I felt was very WWE, but at the same time, like kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, Cody, Cody sucks it up and gives him what? Three crossroads to put him down. Finally put him down. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So our first real look at Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, their dynamic, um, keeping the Janela stuff alive, and Cody's having to gut through a win on uh, on somebody who shouldn't be on his level, but they're now apparently making so. So, what what did you think about all of this? Um, I'm listen. A lot of it has to do with like Penelope as a valet. She's I think she's fantastic in the ring. I feel like she's wasted talent, especially in a company that has a little bit of a weak women's division right now. Like, well, it, we don't know if she can work a full match. I mean, I, I've seen her. She can, but like, it's not. She can pull off the moves and the interference and make it look really good. Sure. So I, I'd like to see more of that. That said, Kip Sabian's fantastic. Like, I have no problem with Kip Sabian and Cody having a feud. I just don't know if Kip, if they have at from a brand perspective, if they have elevated Kip high enough yet to be with your what is your frankly t- one of your top guys. He feels more like a mid Carter than. 
a Cody but or that's Jericho had, or Kenny Omega or something like that, right? Sure, and that's why they had to have all of the extraneous stuff on this. The Arn Anderson interference, the Penelope Ford interference, Kip Sabian's kind of, you know, he's fighting above his weight a little bit here. Yeah. Um, and they've got to have a reason for this match to go on for a time. Uh, and that was all the interference. So, otherwise, Cody should be able to mop the floor with this kid. And that's kind of the story we're being told is Kip's going to punch above his weight class with the help of Penelope Ford. And it's going to take everything that a guy like Cody has to to stop him. If so, my whole so, thing was why did Arn was Arn's whole point of coming out going Cody? Why are you wasting your time with this guy? Like I don't, I just don't. <laughs> I like I understand the Janella and Sabian and Penelope Ford love triangle that she's my ex, but she's still a pain in my ass. I get that. Like that writes it. That's a, I understand it. I don't yeah. understand what the whole Arn thing was in this, and it's one of those that I should probably go back and watch again. Eh, I, well, if, no, if I and I, enough, I think I they're, guess. <laughs> they're trying to define Arn as being someone who's going to go to bat for Cody. The sure. problem here was that he went to the he went to bat so much that it's like the like the coach and the baseball team. He goes there and starts kicking dirt on the umpire. He's going to get kicked out of the arena, and then you don't have a coach. So what what was the point of him getting involved? You know, and that was kind of what happened here, where Penelope kept getting involved so much, and Arn kept getting mad at the ref until the ref was like, "You get out of here." So I don't see how Arn is showing that he's helping Cody in this situation and Cody's apologizing to him and everything. So, yeah, I'm curious about that dynamic and what their long-term thoughts are with Arn and Cody being together. I suppose we'll see more as we get closer to Revolution, uh, the cage match with Wardlow and the, you know, the potential whipping he's going to get from MJF. I definitely want to see more of what their thoughts are as far as Arn and Cody's relationship, yeah. uh, both working and business. So, yeah, some story to be told there. Uh, and I dig that. You know, Nick, you mentioned the uh, the women's division. Mm. Um, so I guess we're going to talk about it. There's a couple of women's division things that happened this week. One, we had Nyla Rose versus Big Swole, which was mm, not great. This not also great. following a also not great showing on AEW Dark the night before against yeah. Shauna. Shaza? Shauna? I can't. I can never. She's the Portuguese chick that they, they yeah. make a big deal about her being from Portugal. <laughs> um, for some for whatever reason, it complete did a did a tope, and it looked like Nia was supposed to catch her, but Nia or Nia Nyla, I'm gonna start calling her Nia Rose. Nia, oh if this no. shit keeps up, All right? Um, but the at the end of the day, um, that's two nights in a row to just kind of ugly and incidents yet, and matches. And yet, I think Nyla was the better looking one in this match. I thought Swole looked like crap. Like just was outright missing with some of her strikes, and like, and the problem that I saw, and again, Nick, you and I aren't wrestlers, so to try and diagnose this would be a bit out of our pay grade. However, I was trying to put my finger on why it looked like crap, and and one of the things that I was seeing was that she tends to have this cockiness and swagger, which she should. But the problem is, is when you have that cockiness and swagger, and you're not doing moves well, they're not connecting, they don't look good. It makes you look green. It makes you look amateur. And that's how Big Swole looked in this. It looked like she was trying to execute moves uh, and being cocky about how she was doing it, like having that swagger. and Like, that's right, I'm so great. But the problem was the moves looked like crap. Yeah. So have the moves look good and then celebrate how, <laughs> how good your move you just did was. Yeah, it, the, 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 the smooth, there was no smoothness to this match. It was, it was not bueno. And usually, like, I see Nyla Rose actually kind of work pretty well, but something, something was just off about this match. 
Mm. Uh, we also she's have good at throwing tiny around. little Asian women around, but that's get, for sure. She's good at being a big base for for yeah. the little Japanese wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Britt Baker also cut a promo. It was better than her last week's promo, which was garbage. It's not saying much. Hot garbage. But this was better. The I like the how she went in on Jr. That was, and he just sat there silent, taking on, it. She went on everybody. Yeah, she went on a lot of people. She and and like hard, too. Uh, and and had she had some good lines. Finally, Cleveland is a baker they can trust. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh, oh, ow. Good. Uh. So, yeah, but she went in on JR saying, hey, JR, you know, I, I would like you to be the guy I remember from when I was a kid and, you know, was amazing, one of the best announcers ever, not someone who gets our entire roster's names wrong. Like that kind of stuff. Like, oh, damn. Inter- don't you ever interrupt and cut away from me. Like we called out last week they did because they, she, yes. she was, she's tanking, blah, she's blah, going blah, down, blah, cut blah. away, go to commercial. <laughs> yeah. And then she also called out how, Re- like, she's there every week and Riho's almost never there and she's the champ, which, you know, she got a point. Fair point. She got a point. So this was definitely like the content of this promo was very much better than last week. Delivery, still hit and miss, but the content was a lot better. Definitely a couple of like stingers in this promo. So I, I have to give credit where credit's due. Like I don't know if, it, if she wrote it, if she had help with writing it or what it was, but there was some, there was some good stuff yeah. in this promo. And, and after last week, she needed that. She Big needed time. a redemption. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at least there was that. Um, but again, I could, do you see her anymore as being someone you could see as the champ? Not like I did last summer when they were first right. getting fired. You were up really high on her. Yeah. I was really high on Britt Baker. She seemed like the one that they were going to make the face of the women's division, and it just never panned out, man. And I can, I understand why. It, she's she's got some weaknesses, and it they're improving. They're improving. I, I don't know if she's working better in a heel dynamic here. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I I I just again for me it's the I I don't know if the American audience is going to get into the Joshi wrestlers, and I'm still kind of hung up on that a little bit. And I'm right. seeing women like Shanna and um, Chris Statlander, Penelope Ford, you know. And I'm not trying to be like they need to be like white blonde chicks. I'm not saying that. No. But I'm I'm seeing like big beefy wrestlers. Nyla well, uh, was had the the biggest hope of them all. But if you watched uh, Dark and Dynamite this week, there were two big mess ups on uh, one on each show. And I'm just going. Ah, yeah. One, if one you can't was catch somebody fault. doing a tope outside, you have no business. Wasn't well. It wasn't a good tope. Well, <laughs> but she should have come was, in more. It was it. I, fine. I she shouldn't have been back on the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she thought she was gonna, you know, be like Phoenix and go twelve feet out of the exactly. ring. Exactly. Oh man. Uh, I mean that they have women that like you know if you if you Hikaru Shida, you put her on TV a lot more. Like I I look at Shida and I go, oh, you could really do something with her. So yes, uh, it's also like what you're giving them too. So there's there's lots of problems in the women's division. Hopefully they start rectifying some of them soon, and I think they have. But I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, SCU, SCU had a match against the Hybrid Two. Uh, and I would nice to see the hybrid two on actual TV, TV, yeah, not just on dark. I, I'm wondering with them because both Angelico and Jack Evans are wildly talented wrestlers. I'm wondering why they are where they are in the tag division right now. Um, and on, and on, in AEW in general, I'm wondering if it's that they can't make a whole lot of dates and they only sign a contract for limited dates. I'm mm. wondering if 
it's a long game and they were like, hey, you guys are going to be, you know, enhancement for the first like six months to a year and then we'll give you guys some pushes down the road, which, you know, both of those guys would understand. Uh, we saw them both, you know, I Nick on Lucha Underground on that show. They did a great job of keeping some people simmering for most of a season. And then by the end of the season, they could do things with them. Like, you know, the incredible storyline between um, Son of Havoc and Helico and Ivelisse in season one of Lucha Underground was it was a whole season build for them to win the tag titles. It right. was awesome. So I'm wondering if this that's what's happening here. Um, but they did lose. They did lose to SCU. Uh, and then afterwards, the Dark Order is basically saying that they're they're targeting Christopher Daniels. So SCU steps down from the tag belts and say that they still want their shots at the tag belts, but it looks like Dark Order is is hovering. Is that kind of a step down for both Dark Order and SCU, or could that be an interesting storyline because neither of them have really anything that else is going on right now? Um, I still don't know what to make of Dark Order yet. Are they are they entrancing and seducing people with their masks and their promises a la Scientology? Or are they a cult that are possessing people like Nightmare Collective? I don't know what to make of them. What do they want them to be? What are they supposed to be? Well, it seems to me like now they're kind of like the vindictive Scientology cult that wanted to get Christopher Daniels into it, but he said no. So they're like, well, fine, we're going to sue you to oblivion. If, Only right. in this case, suing means beating you up. So it's that, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what I was seeing with this. But uh, which is fine. I, I'm I'm not mad at that. And personally, I think that Dark Order SCU is kind of the level at which both of these teams should be working at right now, um, because there's just bigger fish in the pond. But uh, I guess the I mean, Christopher Daniels, he was kind of doing something with Pentagon Junior there for a while too. And I don't know what they're doing with the Lucha Brothers. What happened to the whole Fallen Angel thing when he came back from the, when Pentagon injured him? That like disappeared. It just out of nowhere, yeah. it just disappeared. Now we're just now we're just going with the Dark Order angle. Which okay, fine. If we're gonna pivot and do that, it's I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, but yeah, I need to see more. Christopher Daniels going to gonna take the role that we thought Matt Hardy was going to take and assume control of the Dark Order. I don't know. I mean, I, it I also get depends on that. It also depends on if I mean, because here's the thing: a lot of people in WWE are getting paid right now because they're using the threat of AEW to get those contracts. Randy Orton did it. Um, you know, the scuttlebutt is that Matt Hardy might be doing it with all of this. Like, I'm not going to AEW. They're saying they'll give me a head of Dark Order. I'm just, I'm not saying WWE. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's no real way of telling what the plans are until we hear about kind of this, it's contract negotiation season. So, yeah. So we, we will have to wait and see. Uh, and maybe they're waiting to see what they do with Dark Order until they get that locked down. Yeah. And that's why this kind of in a holding pattern here. Uh, speaking of holding patterns, what's going on with Pac, man? What's going on with Pac, man? What's going on with Pac? They've comma, moved Moxley man? on to uh, Jericho. He just let Moxley go. He got beat by Moxley clean last week, and now he's like hiding out in a Newcastle staircase talking about how, like, all right, we'll have fun with Jericho. I'm going to go back to Omega. What? Uh, I mean, I know you had to get him back there, and that's that's some screwy logic. I, I, I didn't quite follow that. No. Like, I'm I, a guy like Pac doesn't want revenge on Moxie for beating him clean for a number one contendership to a title that he supposedly wants. He's still sitting here whining about how he doesn't get a, a rubber match with Omega. All right. I mean, it was a cool promo. It's all black and white and 
moody and pack is super angry very packy for some reason like it's cold outside but he's still just wearing his wrestling trunks he was at darby allen's house right right all i ever wear is my wrestling trunks from newcastle (laughs) uh i'm so sorry everyone from newcastle you that you had to hear that i'm so sorry all right, so is, that, is it weird that, that Pac is, is still gunning for Omega, that, who's now a tag champ, as you say? Yeah, but I think it's just a, it's a redirecting of the ship. Of course we, it we is. Had, we right. had the whole thing with Jungle Boy and Jericho, and now the next thing is, uh, who are we going to do after that? Uh, Moxley's really over right now. Let's, put Mo- let's do Moxley in an angle where he's going to join Dark Order. and like, It's a much better story than Moxley-Pac is. Uh, so I think, yeah, put that on the back burner. It'll come back at some point. But I agree. Right. Just last week on the cruise, we had a bang up match uh, yeah. with Moxley with one eye tied behind his back. One, one eye tied sort behind of. his back? What? He almost had both of his eyes covered with his whole solid state uh. get up, and he still beats Pat clean. It's like there was no handicap. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he comes out hot this week for Jericho's title. Moxley can be keel. He'll keel haul ye with one eye tied tied behind his back, as Nick does be saying. Don't even know what that means. (laughs) Uh, Yes, to me, it just seemed like they needed to to give us a little bit more logic with this whole Pack doesn't care about Moxley anymore. He's going to Omega. All right, I'm fine with that. Pack Omega, give it to me. But just the the logic could have done a a little more work. Is is it just me, Nick, or has Dynamite kind of overall been a little bit quieter? in the first couple of weeks of this year than it was last year. Like, it just feels a little bit more muted. The, 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 the pop isn't quite there as much. Is, is it just me? Nope. I don't want to – by the way, I'm not in any way, like, doomsaying here and saying that they're losing their mojo or that's not a good program or anything. Because it's still it's – it's a very entertaining program. But it doesn't seem to have the, the sizzle. And it, it's, I'm wondering if it's just me. Since it debuted in October – this was the very first week that I kind of went, meh. Really? I, mm. I've been transparent about it from the beginning. I watch AEW Live. I want to see how this progresses over the course of a year, and I genuinely want to give it that amount of time. And every yeah. single week since they've debuted, I've been like, God, that was awesome. Yes. Yeah. And even the dark episodes that can be hit or miss sometimes, but most of the time it's like, God, I was just solid an hour stuff. of yeah. wrestling. I just, yes. Yeah. To fill in the Tuesday gap that we have now, all of a sudden, now that SmackDown has moved to Friday. It's just it's great to have that in NWA power. You got two hours of wrestling on Tuesdays now, too. Fantastic. And you get to Dark or Dynamite, and this week I was just like, Dark, uh, all right. Did you watch any like did you watch any like Nightmare Family or or Being the Elite this week? No, you I see like you see the stuff about like Brandy and Therapy for the Nightmare Collective. I have not seen that stuff yet. Normally I play catch up on the weekends on that stuff. They they're pulling the straight up plug. There's there's like, "Whoop, this didn't work." Whoop. Good. They're, they're pulling the escape chute on the Nightmare Collective it looks like. And well, bye. And that's actually hey, yeah, you da, know da, what? Da, da, da. That's <laughs> This is the thing is like that's actually a good sign when something is not working. If you're able to, even if it's not that elegant, even if it's just like a short, sharp stop to something, you go, oh, never mind. But they actually like have some sort of like quick story reason for it. Not, it's not like WWE where it just vanishes. Right. <laughs> and you're like, what happened to that? They go, uh, so all about that, never mind. And they'll give you like a quick, like, never mind something. And then we're moving on. All right, fine. Like if if you realize something's not working and you're able to pull the plug on it, uh, 
that quickly and still give like a quick like outro goodbye little thing to it. I'm not mad at that because that means that they are being conscientious and aware about their product and what's working and what's not. Absolutely. And there's a phrase I like to use and it's fail fast. And yeah. when try experiment, try everything, break glass, fail fast, move on once it doesn't work and try yep. something else. And, and I, I, I applaud, I applaud that stuff. I love experimentation. I love trying different things, but when it ain't working, get out of it, try do something different. Yep. Run. Yep. Run that, that, and that ain't working. That was not working. <laughs> I have, I'm sorry for Mel. She shaved her head on national television. <laughs> but you know the look is good for her. Yeah, uh, I think it's what makes her stand out from everyone else in in, in the division. So that's she true. can still come out and be unique looking. So that's actually, I think, a bonus. Um, I feel bad for Doctor Luther. Like, hopefully they find something for him to do. They finally brought him in, and he's like, "What? No." This thing isn't work. okay. No angle. All right, I'll just he, be back he's getting in extras day rate for and enjoying catering backstage. So you know he's having a good time. Extras day rate's not great. I know. You know that. You know as well as I do. It's like eighty bucks uh, or something. It's like, yeah, it's like nothing. It's like nothing. That's before taxes. Come on, yeah. man. It's, that's, that's eight dollars an hour if you're there for ten hours. Right. Give me a break. Uh, all right. So uh, coming up next week on AEW Dark Jurassic Express. Versus Brandon Cutler and Sonny Kiss. That's going to be a crowd-pleasing bit of fun. Yep. Hikaru Shida versus Mel. Speaking of, we were just mentioning both those women. And uh, Sean Spears and Colin Delaney Who? versus best, best Friends with Orange Cassidy. So it should be a good episode of Dark this week. It's a, that's a good-sounding episode of Dark. Who is Colin Delaney? You'll see. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's it for AEW, guys. Uh, I wonder, let us know in the chat or in the Facebook discussion group what you thought about this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. But let's head over and talk about the other show that goes on on Wednesday nights on NXT. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. We'll get to Daddy, though. we got to start off with uh, how this show opened. That was Trent Seven. Versus Finn Balor, which went about as you'd expect with Finn Balor absolutely murderizing poor Trent Seven. Uh, <laughs> which is kind of what he's good for. He sells really well. So He's, dude, Trent Seven is just, uh, he is aces. He's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Um, shocking how good that guy is. Like, just humbly amazing. Uh, whereas Finn Balor is just amazingly amazing. Here, okay, so here's my question. Uh, obviously, they're trying to, you know, this is all stemming from a little brawl that happened after Worlds Collide. Right. Finn Balor's taken out Trent Seven. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Finn and um, uh, Tyler Bate had a thing as well because they had some beef. And obviously, you just killed Tyler's best friend. So, you know, I could see it happening. But they're building up Finn to be big, bad, vicious heel, beating Ilya Dragunov, beating up Trent Seven. He's heading towards Johnny Gargano in Portland. Um, here's my one question about Finn Balor, Nick. And this was, this really popped into my head when I watched him versus Ilya Dragunov and people just can't help but cheer him. We're so used to him being a face. We're so used to him being a badass. Now he's a badass heel. And is he a dastardly bastard? Yes. Is he also badass? Like, like just cool evil guy? Yes. Is it, is it going to be hard for the audience to boo him or are they going to figure out we got to boo Finn Balor? Both. 
I think you're going to have a mixed bag there. I think you're going to have people that will boo him because they understand the kayfabe dynamic, but there are also people that are just going to be fin marks, and they're just going to cheer him no matter what, and they're going to boo whoever he's fighting against. So I think you're going to have a mixture of both of those, and it's going to make the – look, the, it, the full-sale dynamic is really – it's an interesting experiment to do a live show there with that small of a venue, and I think this might – while it looks cool on the surface, I've been talking with Sheriff McDonald about this for a couple of months now, actually, since they went live on on USA, and I've been he's been like talking down about it, like they're never going to compete with fifteen to twenty thousand person arenas uh, when it when it comes to numbers and the full sale crowd can be, you know, a lot very exciting in the element of it. But is it going to bite them in the ass and come back around because they're not getting the exposure? With the live events, why are they not going on the road with the live show? Like everything, like they should. Ha- There's, it's a no-brainer, and I understand the intimacy and the dynamic at uh, full sale, but I feel like there's a missed opportunity there, and they're hugging onto something that, if they let go of it, they might could be even bigger. See, I don't know if it's a no-brainer specifically because we're having this discussion right now. I think that it's actually there's a lot of nuance to this that's yeah. not necessarily obvious on the, on the surface, and that is the fact they have a contract. With full sale to to have these shows there for a certain like a certain number number of these shows there, um, and as well like it takes it costs a lot of money to go out on tour like that and they don't necessarily recoup that every time. Um, NXT like we'll get to this in the news section, but there's some scuttlebutt going out there about how much NXT is actually pulling in from USA and it might not be that much. So NXT might still be a money-losing prospect that they're only doing because they want to compete with AEW and they want to create new stars from NXT that they can then use on the bigger brands. So, um, you know, that, that NXT is their spending money to make money proposition, essentially. So, as far as that's concerned, like, yeah, it is, it's, NXT's in a tough spot going opposite AEW. Visually, if you have them both on at the same time in, say, a bar... And people are watching both of them and going like, well, this one, look how many people are there for that. Oh, that's great. And then there was one, oh, this little scrappy indie one. You know, the matches might be better and they might have a better, you know, I don't know, women's division. But it doesn't look as impressive or as showy. The as spectacle AEW. isn't there. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, you know, for me, I, that's, I don't really need spectacle with my NXT. That's not kind of what I expect. I like the little intimate feel. But if you're having out there as, as you or as you said, Nick, like a competition to AEW, visually, yeah, it doesn't hold up. And what are they going to do about that? Given the kind of the the hole they're in in terms of how they can present. So and they're catering to the same 150 people every week because it's you know, the only place you can see it is in Orlando. Yeah. So well, that means they have a very dedicated crowd that knows everybody, which helps. I'd go every week if I perception. lived in Orlando. Right. Exactly. Duh. You know. But I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? I've got NXT caliber shows every single week for what, like twenty bucks? You probably get in the door there. I'd go we every full week. Sale, we have some full sale kids that listen to this show, so you know. Yeah. Let us know. Props guys. to you guys. Yeah. Let us know how it is. Um. So cross fingers crossed for Finn versus Tyler Bate. Uh. Keith Lee. Keith. Lee, Keith, mm. Keith Lee, mm, wearing the shirt. <laughs> Keith Lee is your Keith is your new North American champion, and he came out the ring to tell us all that, uh, and uh, had a nice little moment with the fans before being interrupted by Damian Priest, Damian Priest, who came out, who who I, came out. I want and, that title next. Well, here's the here's the funny thing: is Keith Lee 
has like his whole, you know, his very like showy presentational kind of promo style. Yes, right. You're going to bask in the glory that is indubitably. You will find out. He's got like a very almost kind of like like velvet rock. You know what I mean? Like he's like, he's like the rock if he was made out of velvet, like a '70s soul Cru- singer. Crushed velvet. Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? It's like that's kind of his style. Smooth. Yeah. It, yeah. Like the rock meets Dusty Rhodes meets like uh, I don't know Lando Calrissian. Valvinus. Well, no, not Valvina. Sit Wait, down, Nick. What? No, you're done. No, no, that's a no. That's a no. Bad, Nick. Uh, oh, so he comes out. He cut, you know, cuts one of his Keith Lee promos, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> Keith Lee." And out comes Damian Priest, and Damian Priest, as we always kind of like make fun of on the show, Nick, his voice is awesome. Yeah, right. That that just that deep. Hey, Keith, I'm here, and I'm gonna take your title. Um. But it, what and he all says, the girls here. Oh. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm used to getting what I want, whether it's women or your title. Like, his delivery was... ah, it, What he was saying was just so flaccid, for lack of a better word. It was just it was just no punch, no charisma to it whatsoever. And I was like, no, Damien, come on! You've got everything going for you. The look, you can wrestle, you have the actual... The voice is so cool. But then what you're saying, you act so casual when you're talking. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get what I want. I'm Damian Priest. Uh, so that sucked until Donovan Dijakovic came out and said, no, 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 no. I want a shot at that title, so step back, you Marilyn Manson knockoff. Oh, them's fighting words, Nick. Them's fighting words. And sure enough, we immediately, <laughs> immediately had a match between Dijak and, uh, and Damian Priest, which awesome. was... Uh, which was which was awesome. <laughs> it was a big man match doing big man things that they shouldn't be doing, like top rope poison ranas. What are you doing? You gave Dijak a top rope poison rana. They, I was like, well, they, that's it. He's dead. They've been Dakota Ibushi wrestling school, and they all hate their <laughs> necks. You know. Uh, exactly. Oh god, that scared the crap out of me. No shit. Um. <laughs> Even All the right, guy so, that's giving the Rana is going to come down on his head. Oh, it was just... And, and the wrong just, oh. inch one way to the other. Just, oh, oh you're dead. You're, you're paraplegic. And yet, and yet, it didn't finish the match, Nick. It wasn't a match finisher. And no, Poison Ron off the top rope to a six foot seven guy. Nope, match still goes on. And ultimately, the guy that ate the Poison Rana wins the match. Dijak wins with a feast your eyes. Uh, which, by the way, beautifully executed. Priest stole it great. Looked awesome. This was all very fun. Uh, but Dijak now looks to be your number one contender. Mm. Are we going to see? It's not official yet, but I mean, is this the two things? Nick, do we get Dijak Keith Lee four for the North American Championship? And what happens with Damian Priest now? Is he just there to kind of put guys over? Where's Killian Dane? Who? Exactly. Yeah, I've, where's, where he where's he, he been hiding? I, I think yeah. Priest is going to find another feud. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I was I was wondering if Dane was going to show back up and renew that um, that feud that they were kind of kicking up there a little for a little bit. Um, I love the fact that we're going back to Dijak Keith Lee. The dynamic between those two and the chemistry in the ring is unmatched. It, it's like the chemistry we'd see between Champa and Gargano. Like they've or been Kevin, working together. Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn. Sure. Like it's just they've been they, working they're, together they're so good. long. They don't yeah. even have to call moves to each other. They just know what's coming, right? <laughs> we we assume. We assume. Uh, it's that kind of chemistry that they've got. Anyway, totally. I'm it's not a, mad if we get another 
triplet of matches oh. out, out of these two for the North American Championship. You know, yeah. fantastic. I, I, I wonder if it's too soon, though, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Dijak should be kind of a final boss thing to Keith where, you know, he goes through a couple of guys and then Dijak comes back around into his life and is like, hey, remember how we used to we used to tussle? Yeah, let's tussle for that belt. You know, so it's strange to me that, that Dijak seems to be the first one. Good old boys hanging out on the pasture fence with a chow in. You are from the South. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious where they're going with Keith. I'm curious where they're going with Damian Priest. I feel like there's a disconnect with Damian Priest's character. Like, it's just not quite clicking in, you know? Yep. And so, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe a conversation for another time. Let's talk about Daddy. Mm. Let's talk about Daddy. Oh, Daddy. Mm. Mm. Tommaso Ciampa Tommaso Ciampa uh, is not messing around they are finding a way to make him a Sicilian psychopath but yet a face he he took a metal pipe and demonstrated to an interviewer that yes he's going to go out and hunt him some Undisputed Era next thing we see Undisputed Era laid out in the back alley Ciampa walking by with a ripped shirt and that, uh, that pipe still in his hand He's taking them all out except for Adam Cole. Goes into the ring, grabs a table, grabs a spray paint can, sprays a big old yellow X on the top of that table, and throws down the pipe. Adam Cole's outside looking at all his fallen buddies going, what the hell's going on? And he walks into the uh, the arena with Champa. He says, who do you think you are? What are you doing? Tommaso Champa goes, I'm Tommaso Champa. We're going to sign this contract for this match in Portland, and then I'm going to powerbomb you through this table with the X on it. And that's how this is all going to go down. Uh, awesome. And the great part about this, Regal comes out and goes, he's already signed the contract. He doesn't care who he faces. Like, it doesn't. It, he's going to fight you. And Adam Cole's like, that's right. I'm going to fight you right now. And he storms down to the ring. And I'll be damned, Nick. Tommaso Ciampa power bombs him through the damn table. Yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of prophecies, you know. He did what he said he was going to and do. And then somehow, I didn't see, did he stab himself with the pen? or so, How did he get poked in the top of the head where the blood was coming out? Did, did I, that, almost, I almost feel like the, maybe the belt like tapped him on the head or something and yeah. split him open. But I'm he, was, sure, he but it was, had blood running down his face. It dripped onto the belt, and then he took and wiped his hand and wipes the contract. Oh, he sold that blood. He knew he oh. was bleeding, and he was like, all right, let me get some, let me get some mileage out of this blood. Yeah. Adam Cole is lying dead in front of him. He picks up the contract. Whole audience starts chanting, sign it in blood. And he goes, all right, signs it, and then wipes the blood from his forehead onto the, the contract, throws it down. Everyone's, yeah! And then, as you said, Nick, he grabs Goldie. He grabs the title belt and kneels over her until the blood runs down on Goldie and holds it up. Oh, he just, he was having so much fun with that blood. I, w- I wasn't sure whether we were awesome. going to summon some kind of uh, NXT blood god or if we were going to, if something was going to, like, is that the seal that unlocks the the first seal of the apocalypse or something in NXT like are we going to get mystical with it with that kind of stuff like <laughs> you, you know when they do those kind of movies where they're summoning something and they drip the blood of something on the I don't know we where drip, did your head go where, where's Damian Priest when we need this him to come out and talk about this kind of stuff this is a level of Nick booking you're right what the heck <laughs> it Tampa's actually going to summon Gozer the 53rd demon of the Baphomet apocalypse what that's are you a really good idea about? actually oh my god choose the form of the destroyer yeah. no it's come on dude. what did right. you do ray <laughs> <laughs> anyway adam adam cole when someone asks if you are a god you say yes, yes. 
So I'm I'm digging. I mean, Ciampa looked like a million bucks here. He looked like an absolute, like a psychopath you can root for, which is, right. of course, what he's supposed to be. Adam Cole looked like a brave champ who just is a little bit out of his depth with this new challenger. Does Is it too soon for Ciampa to take the belt? No. 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 I think 20, 2019 run. was the ascension. I think it looks like they're mapping 2020 out to be the downfall, you know? And, and if they run it throughout the course of the year for them to lose all of the belts um, and fight kicking and screaming in the process, I think that'll be equally as entertaining, if not more so, as we rise new talent, bubble up some new talent to the top, like Keith Lee, like Dijak, like Damian Priest, like uh, Swerve Scott for the other championships, yeah. right? The tag championships. We've got some... Uh, let's see what happens with the tag division. Uh, are Forgotten Sons finally going to get something out of this whole thing? Who knows? Oh, no, they're not. Stop, Nick. They're, just let them go. Let them go. Let them go. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. I will uh, not, the I will not be... The they will not be forgotten to me. Bebosh. You know, well, they're forgotten to me. Bebosh in the chat. Bebosh been with us for a long time. He says it was actually the microphone. That busted open. Ah, uh, so, okay. Absolutely correct. What's up, B-Bosh? I haven't seen Thank you in a minute. Good to see you, Thank man. Thank you, sir. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to all of that, uh, minus the Forgotten Sons part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Nick, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai had a match. Tegan, mm -hmm. very, very serious coming out to this match. And this was a nice... So, at the time, I thought this match was way too short. It was, it was nice and vicious. They obviously are having a, a, a really strong feud. They built up the hatred between these two. It's great. Uh, friends turning on friends and all that. But I thought it was too short. And it looked like it was the end of this feud because it was just so definitively Tegan Knox wins. Boom, that's done. But now we're hearing there's going to be a street fight between the two of them at TakeOver Portland. Mm, okay. So uh, do you I think I thought this, this was done after Wednesday. I guess not. That's kind of what I thought too but because it seemed pretty definitive. Uh, Dakota just Dakota just got her ass beat, and uh, Tegan Knox looked strong. Did that leave enough open for a street fight to you with this? Because I'm not here. I'm not mad at this. I would love to see both these women work more. I think Dakota needs to show off the, her vicious side. Knox needs to get over. She's never really had a chance to because she just gets injured injured immediately every time. So this could be good for both of them. It probably will be good for both of them. But did this match help that? Did it, did it help no. set it up at all? No, this was treated like a blow-off um, yeah. between these two. And that's why it does. That's why we're having does not compute. Like We're having problems putting all of this together. Am I mad at a Tegan Knox dakota Kai street fight at a takeover event? Hell no. No. I just, I, do I, I, am I required to care how we get there? I mean, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think well, that I'm invested in the story from all the way back at Survivor Series at this point. I'm just, yeah, I'm just shocked they didn't leave this match more open-ended if they were going to have a street fight at TakeOver. I guess War games, I mean, excuse me. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, if you had this match, why not have it be open-ended? It ends in a brawl, pull-apart brawl. They're using weapons and items, and Regal's huddling up in the crow's nest being like, fine, you two want to wrestle with, with items and weapons? Well, fine, you're going to do it at TakeOver in a street fight. That you know, one up like at one more level. If you're going to really blow it off, do one of those crazy asylum matches with all the weapons, you know, in a cage. With no, 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 no. That that's that's further down the road. All right, down right. The, you, all right. we got to work up to that. You can't just have that immediately. Apparently Sorry, they, apparently they are. They're having a street fight. You know, it's just it's just a street fight. It's not an asylum match. So street fight's just a no GQ match. They can bring anything they want, right? Yeah, it's like weapons and whatnot. All right. Yeah. It's not like they're in a cage with like stuff hung on the walls. That's that's 
that's further down the road, okay. man. Keep it in your pants, Nick. Two women Good enter, boy. one woman leave. <laughs> Sounds like Friday night at Nick's house. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, oh, Shotzi, Shotzi Black. <laughs> Shotzi Blackheart has an awesome entrance. Yes. Uh, the first time that it's been seen in NXT, by the way. But she came out with she got the great like the little old Kaiser helmet on and uh, comes out in a little mini tank. Now is this shot fi- shots fired at Sammy Guevara for doing the thing with the little tank and microphone? No, this, is, this has been this has been Shotzi for a while. Okay. Uh, so the, yeah, this is this is I'm loving this because when she first came back out, I'm like, oh man, I wish she'd bring some of that stuff she used to do in the Indies. Here we go, starting to do it, starting to give a little bit more of that Shotzi character. Yes. They were obviously high on Shotzi because she went out there and worked with Diana Parazzo, who is, I, I think, from I, from what I understand and from what I've seen, a better technical wrestler than Shotzi Blackheart is, but uh, doesn't quite have the star presence that Shotzi does. So this was an interesting dynamic to see these two work together. Um, but, I mean, okay, so Nick, watching this, what did you think? Like, did you feel like you saw a future for either of these women? Like, what was, yes. what was the, what's the ceiling? What's the ceiling for both these women? Beyond the generation that's currently in there now, if I can use the word generation, the Rhea, Bianca, Tony. EO, this iteration of the women's division, I think these two might be next. These two might be part of the next class of NXT. And we saw this kind of stuff happen with Belair. Uh, We saw it happen with Ember Moon coming up after Asuka. So we've seen this progression throughout classes of the women's division. I I think even more so than the men's division, we've seen sort of defined classes. You know the matches we yeah, had. Yeah, that's how NXT works. Is right. once once you once certain women get so big that they have to go to the main roster or they're headlining. I mean, although I think the dynamic might change because now they're saying NXT is its own full brand. How often will the main roster be vulturing the stars from NXT? You mean like they did I'm, for Royal Rumble? Them, that's just. But they've always done that, and then they get sent back down, and they don't get fully called up. Okay. Like I'm very curious to see. Who's going to get called up now? If they're going to still do call ups, like how that's going to work? Yeah, because it is a bit, bit of a different dynamic. It is. I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, but I think that's. I think both of these women are incredibly talented for different reasons. One is extraordinarily creative and really knows how to work the crowd. The other one is kind of a technical sort of mastermind of wrestling, and I, I, I think that blends really nicely. I want to see the two of them have a feud, have a program. You know, let them mm. work. Let them do their thing. Well, speaking of the up-and-coming class, Chelsea Green and Caden Carter also had a match. Uh, and Chelsea Green, I think it was Caden Carter's first win on TV, like not on not in the, the May Young Classic. Like this was right. her first TV win. Beats Chelsea Green. What is the idea of, of Chelsea Green now? It's like we're going to bring her out. She's going to have a manager, but she can't win a damn match. Is that what's the idea there? What's the logic there? She's coming out saying. I'm the greatest in NXT. She's basically completely ripping off Vanessa Bourne's whole gimmick. <laughs> She's just going to lose match. What? What's what's the idea here? What what are you seeing them doing here? I think they need to go back and watch Lucha Underground and watch the dynamic between Famous B and was it Sunny Kiss? No, was, it wasn't Sunny Kiss. Who was he representing? I can't. Was it? Well, uh, he was representing representing um, uh, the. Little person wrestler. Oh, what was his name? Um, Mascara Sagrada, Sagrita. Mascarita Sagrada. That's sorry. Mascarita Sagrada. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he represented a couple people, but that was sure. one of the great ones. Yeah. I, I want to see more of this 
manager character. Like the 80s insurance salesman looking dude. I can't remember his name yet. It has Robert Stone. Robert Stone. Stone. The Robert yeah, Stone but... brand, right? So that's yeah. what I really want to see develop here. I'm not really counting wins and losses yet for either of these women. I think they're, they are truly developing. And Caden Carter, I have all the hopes in the world for. I, yeah. I think she's fantastic. I think that there just hasn't been a solid opportunity for her to come out and shine yet. Yeah, well, we saw even in the Mayon Classic how how new she is to everything. Yeah. I think you know she's been trained by Devon, so she's definitely got some right. some good foundations and some good chops there. But uh, you know ha- has a way to go. But a great look, and and I think that you know that definitely a lot of potential. I'm curious where they're going with the Chelsea Green thing. Same. I'm wondering what the thoughts are. You know, the fact that she was out there uh, running her mouth after the match makes me think that that might be part of her. Like she's just a heel that keeps losing, but wants to pretend that she's doing really well. Um. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. It's strange. I'm very curious what they what their their mindset is on yeah. this. I'm also very curious why for three what three out of four times now in the Dusty Classic, two singles wrestlers who've been made into a tag team have won a tag team tournament. The Broserweights take out the Grizzled Young Vets in the finals of the Dusty Classics finals and uh, finals of the Dusty Classic finals. Good morning. Uh, so, yeah, Nick, the Broserweights are going on to face Undisputed Era at TakeOver Portland, which on paper, I'm happy about. Come on, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle versus Bobby was, Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. I was mad. I, but you were mad about it. Okay, so I, I, had, I knew you were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that as soon as they won, I was like, My well, reaction was, God damn it. <laughs> You have I, okay. Zach Gibson and the Grizzled Young Vets who are awesome. They got but 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 here's my question, Nick. Was is the mentality they're getting put on the map because they beat Kushida, Alex Shelley, and Undisputed Era and made it to the finals? Like just that alone kind of gets them over and, and like and really puts them on a pedestal? Or should they have won the whole damn thing and gone to face Undisputed Era? I think the Grizzled I, Young I, Vets should have won the whole damn thing. See, my problem is, is the, I'm sorry, but Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle versus Undisputed Era is going to be a better match. I don't it's disagree with that, but I, I just, I, I, oh, God, I, I hate know. repeating myself so much. <laughs> Saw it again. We're going to talk about it later again because it happened yeah, again are. on Friday night. Here we are. Well, so, no, it didn't. Not really. Not really. Not according to history. Come on. Oh, we'll, oh, oh, okay. All right. Don't you give me those eyes. Um, all right, we love Ricochet. We love Alistair Black. It was just Finn frustrating. Balor Samoa Joe. Uh, just it made my head explode because uh, why? Why is it necessary? Those are two of the most over people in NXT. Why do you got to strap them with tag belts? It feels to me like it, they don't have anything else going for these particular single stars right now. So they've got to elevate them somehow, keep them in big feuds. And the only way they can do that is by making them a tag team. And it's something that happens on the main roster all the damn time as well. It happens in every company all the time. You have two major single stars and just two packed of a top card. And you got to put them somewhere. And that's kind of what it feels like over here. We're also getting some, like, they're, they're playing it like they're a thrown-together team. And they just both happen to be really, really good wrestlers. And the dynamic between Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle is really funny. It's goofy. I'm not knocking it's that. It, it's right. it's Breezango so, funny, oh, you know. So what what is your what's your beef then? 
is it just the, the tech the, like just just on paper a non-tag team won the tag team like, tournament it's the principle like it's just, of the thing right okay so it's right. <laughs> you and your principles like two people like, no. don't just show up and you know go win gold at the olympics that they've never done figure skating before well, like it would be years like of work. Right? If there's singles, if they're a singles figure skater, and they go and do like a, a couples figure skating, and all of a sudden they win the couples figure skating, right? Or like you're used to doing the bobsled yeah, solo. Yeah, but that and doesn't just nicer. happen in three weeks, right? That's right, and that's and that's an argument that we've made here before. Yeah. Is the whole idea of the tag team division is that it's a different style of wrestling, yes. and people who are tag team style wrestling masters should be able to beat two singles guys who are really good on their own and one-on-one could beat anyone else. But in this new style, they might not be as good at this style of match, even though they're so good one-on-one. Now, the problem is, is we've just seen it too many times, Nick, because there was a time where you'd put two singles guys together and the fact that they could beat a tag team just showed how good they were. But the problem is it's become so much of a trope now. Like, yeah. oh, throw two singles guys together. That's kind of dead. Now we just assume, like, oh, you put, throw two top guys together. They're going to wipe the floor at the tag division because everyone in the tag division is a bunch of jokers. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit kind of arguing your side here. Mm. Yep. But, uh, but, again, as far as the principle of the thing, I, I kind of feel like those days are, are may, might be past. And it's just, you have to kind of just suck it up. I'm and, just going to have yep, to eat that crow constantly. And just... Yep. Yeah. But on the on the upside, you're getting Broserweights versus Undisputed Era at Portland, and that's going to be a baller match. Sure. It will be a lot of fun to watch. And yep. much like Ricochet and Aleister Black, give it a couple of weeks, and we'll probably never see them again. You know? I don't know. Damn. Yeah. You, are, you, are, you are bitter about this. I am. I'm wow. always bitter about this. This is one of my big, big pet peeves in wrestling. The, the, the one aspect of this that, that peeves me a bit is the fact that the tag division is so thin right now that they had to pretty much pillage every tag team they had and throw together some new ones that didn't even exist, um, which they normally do, but it wasn't on this level. Like they were, they were taking guys from the UK. Like there was every tag team they possibly had in NXT, NXT UK, and they still had to fill out this tournament. Wouldn't have it have been a good time to bring up some new tag teams, create some new tag teams, and elevate the tag teams that you have. Uh, because the division is so thin, it, it could—it was an opportunity that they had to elevate some tag teams. You could have and had would, some I, brand new yeah. rookie tag team come in and run right. the card, and they. I would, don't know about that. Well, that's kind of what this is. That's what the Broserweights are: is a rookie tag team that ran the card. No, they're not. It's completely different. But <laughs> an actual tag team that has been that comes out established as a tag team. You know, that's the difference here. That's the fundamental difference. If Pete Dunn and Bruiser, if Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle had been working together as a tag team, a la the Grizzled Young Vets, for a long time, and they came Isn't in this, and they entered the tournament, it they been weren't a, always a tag team either. The Grizzled Young. So I, how? At what, at what point does a tag team like? What? what when did the bar? Do become I the have bar, to play two theme songs for you to come out to the ring? You're not a tag team. <laughs> All right, that's a that's okay, fair. So if they're still playing both their individual theme songs, then they're not a really a cohesive unit yet. At what point are they are they a cohesive unit to you? It took like six, beyond the theme song. It took six months to get the Kabuki's clicking. You know what I mean? I don't. know. That's a good example, but sure, okay. No, it's it's the it's the most recent one. 
to where they were, it's, play, it's they were playing one, most yeah. of their thing. And we're seeing it on Friday night now in another instance that I'm going to about but, in a few minutes. But the okay. same thing here. We're playing both things. Bro! And we've got to get the dun 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 dun, dun, dun. We've got to get those themes I, in because people mark out for it because it's tiny little full sale and they got to have their things. Kind of goes back to my point hate, earlier. I know you're not hating on the bro theme, are you? You were kind of mocking the bro thing. It's, it's there, very man. 1994 Snoop Dogg, you know? Oh, it's, my it's, God. You know? That's, but yeah, that's literally the point. I know. <laughs> you did hear his theme in the indies, right? You did hear Matt Riddle's theme in the oh, indies. Like, they just basically did, like, their course. own version of it. Of course. I, yeah. Just check. Just check. No, it, I, which was early 90s rap. Like, that's literally what it was. If they have to bolt stitch you together, you're not a tag team. You're just oh. two really good wrestlers that, okay, cool, you're, you're both good enough to overcome any advantages a legit tag team might be. And if that's the story you're trying to tell, tell me that story. But don't tell me they're a tag team. They're not a tag team. All right, all right. Get off my lawn, you rabble, kids. Rabble, with rabble, your, rabble, with your, with your singles tag teams. Brr, brr. Clint Eastwood face, brr. Uh, NXT Portland. NXT TakeOver Portland's coming up. The card as it stands right now, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Championship. Mm. Uh, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Undisputed Era versus the Bros or Weights for the Tag Team Championships. And then uh, Ciampa versus Cole for the NXT Championship as well. Uh, and looks like now Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kenna Street Fight. I think there's room for Keith Lee versus Dijak 4 or someone for the North American Championship. Who knows? But uh, that's a fat card right there. Yeah, it is. Is that uh, possibility that's one of the best takeovers ever? What do you think? I mean, I got to see it first before I'll even entertain that thought. Are you kidding me? Takeovers are like so stacked, man. This and that, if that's the card and they deliver, that's going to be really good, especially if they figure out how to shoehorn Lee Dijak 4 in there. Yep. That's going to be a damn good show. Smokes. Be a damn good show. Uh, one other quick thing before we move on, Nick. There was a little video package thing. It was uh, five circles. Three of them were on fire, the three in the middle. And in the middle of them, the numbers five, 20, and two were, uh, were all of a sudden showed up. What did you make of this? I have no idea. Really? I, I don't know. No thoughts? No thoughts. Okay. Uh, did you know that next Wednesday is March the 5th, 2020 to That'd be February, February. Sorry, not March. Yes. February. But the point stands. Okay. So what's going to happen on February 5th? I don't know. But, uh, who do you know who has three little circles on their glasses? The dream. Mm-hmm. That's my speculation. My total speculation. Ooh. I'm just saying. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I'm 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 not saying. I'm just saying. All right. So keep your eyes out next week. Possibly might be seeing the return of the Velveteen one. Uh Ooh. just a little speculation on the show. And if it does happen, uh <clears throat> you heard it here first. Yes. So Nick, that was NXT this week. Uh solid show. Yeah. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a home run, but a solid, solid show. I I it's hard to I mean, compared to what it was like five, ten years ago, man. We're, we're spoiled, aren't we? We are, very. We're spoiled. But uh, I, it's hard to say that, Nick, but we also have to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, 
I don't even know where to start with this one because this. I listen. I want to start this off by saying we've been we were very down at, by the end of the year on like things. Raw has kind of turned the ship. Raw has been rocking it the last few weeks. SmackDown, not so much. Like again, even though something amazing happened that you're going to hear me mark the hell out for happened last night, it's kind of a lot of eh, that I just you, I I can't really just get behind. Uh oh. So I well. Eh, let's well, start yeah, off with Nick, the good. Let's start off with the good. It was a Super Street Fighter SmackDown this week. For some reason, they were calling it Super SmackDown. Maybe it's a way to say that yes, a Super Bowl. Uh, maybe just because they wanted to put up there like a, a graphic that looked like Street Fighter. I don't know. All I do know is that we had the Intercontinental Title Championship on the line, and uh, Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a match that I'm kind of shocked wasn't at Royal Rumble. Yep. Why would you not have an Intercontinental Championship match at Royal Rumble, Nick? Because we didn't want to have any titles to change hands at Royal Rumble for some reason. This would have been a perfect one. To to check kinda, that kind of wild, right? Yeah, kind of wild, and and like and and put my maybe say I don't know Lacey Bailey on this show, uh, but no, I, I maybe they wanted to goose the ratings. I don't know. I don't know what their thought was, but it wasn't like it was a long match, Nick. It was like it was ten minutes and under, and next thing we know, uh, Sammy and Cesaro have pulled the to the turnbuckle off of one of the uh, sides of the ring. Shinsuke tried to put Braun's head into it. Braun put Shinsuke's head into it. Shinsuke is KO'd, and one, two, three, Braun Strowman is your new IC champion. Braun! I mean, I know you're happy about it, but... Yes. Why? What? In the words of The Rock, it just felt... Finally! Okay, but wasn't this kind of an ignominious way to give him the championship? Like, out of nowhere, not on a pay-per-view, even though you had the chance yeah. to do it at a pay-per-view, uh, in a questionable manner, which, you know, the plot is afterwards, Sammy is beside himself and saying it's complete... You know, it's it's bullshit, and we're gonna we're gonna you know fight this, and obviously obviously this feud is not over, but they wanted this this title on Braun. So what what was the th- Nick? Help me. What was the thought here? Why did you give this away on TV? Well, two, it makes me think it's transitional. Also, it makes me think three, is this a reset button for Braun to try to reset him from being the dancing singing monkey uh, that he has been made into over the uh, recent. In the, over the last year, really. Is he going to be the big bad monster that flips trucks over again when he doesn't get his way or somebody pisses him off? I want that brawn back. Is this a reset button that we're going to get that brawn back that he's not messing around? He's done with Sami Zayn and Shinsuke. Cesaro is a flea that he's just flicking out. You know, all of that. Fine. Who's next? If this turns into a whirlwind of Sami or sorry, of Shinsuke and Braun matches, I'm probably going to be upset about it. Well, and yeah, if it, this, if if Sami Zayn's saying, well, we have a a gripe with this win because obviously Shinsuke got knocked out by a turnbuckle, and so he's you know he can say, oh, it's not legitimate or whatever, and this that turns into removed. a whole feud. Well, it's heel stuff, man. But uh, if if this turns into a a whole angle, how how much legs does this have when this didn't really have any legs to begin with? Um. That's why I think it's kind of a reset. It's a reset for the title that has been dormant for the better part of a year, and it's a reset for Braun. 
Sammy's little faction is going to live on, and it's fantastic. And I'm enjoying what Sammy, the work that Sammy is putting into this. I think it's going to continue, but I think they need to figure out what the hell to do with Shinsuke. Okay, so Shinsuke held the title for nearly 200 days. Guess how many times he defended it? Twice. Four times. Four? Including this match. Including this match. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And yeah. no wonder you know people kind of forgot that he was the champ. Or forgot about the title altogether. Or yeah. that they changed that, it. You know, it's completely and we new were belt. Saying, we were saying like when this all started, you know, if Braun gets the championship, he probably should at this point just to try to get excitement on the belt. But... You know, at the same time, like, what are they going to do with it to keep it exciting? He can defend it a lot and just beat people, as it's Braun. Um, but was this perhaps a setup for WrestleMania? We needed to get the title on him so he can have a match at WrestleMania. What do we do now with Shinsuke and the boys? Like, yeah, there's a lot of questions still hanging in the air from this. The fact that it was such a quick and out match was disappointing to me. And, yeah, it's just... And on, on top of that, to kind of drive it home, at least for me was as Braun is celebrating, holding the title up, obviously very happy that he's got the belt. They have a one-third graphic of the main event of the night blocking most of your screen. So they can't even give him the moment of winning the belt without being like, by the way, we have a main event as well. Don't forget about our main event. Don't forget you loser eats eat dog food. Someone's going to eat dog food. Someone's eating dog food. Yeah, yeah, big guy wins belt, but someone's going to eat dog food. So that that's the whole thing to me. I wanted to be happy that Braun Strowman won his first singles belt in WWE. But so many other things around this brought it down. Yeah. And you're a big Braun Strowman fan. Big time. Uh, did you feel the same? Did, was, did, was it the same thing for you? Or were you just like, I'm happy for him, don't care? I'm happy for him, don't care. But, but as a wrestling fan journalist, if we want to call it whatever we call ourselves... Uh, I'm looking at this in talking the, heads. Yeah, I'm looking at this in the bigger picture, and going, okay, what does it mean? What what are they trying to do here? Is it a reset for Knock? Is it a reset for Braun? A reset for the title? Is this is this the big first step in a program that's going to build to Mania? Is Miz coming back into the picture? Who knows? Who knows where all of this is going to end up? Um, so I I don't know. I I don't know what's going to come next. I think we're going to get told pretty quickly. Because Braun is one that's going to be out there with the title, showing it off, defending it, and I think that's a win-win for everybody. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, There was also another little ancillary aspect to this, which was Elias interrupting Sami Zayn ranting backstage. Elias is out in the ring playing a guitar. For some reason, this interrupts Sami's conversation backstage. All right. And uh, Elias keeps insulting Sami until Cesaro goes out there to shut him up, and instead Elias beats the crap out of Cesaro. So... Sammy and his boys just get humiliated seven ways from Sunday on this show. And I, I, I'm not going to lie, Nick. I can't stand face Elias right now. Cannot. I know you say. can't. And there's a lot of people that don't like it. But y'all can all suck it. Suck eggs. Because I love it. I'm enjoying oh the shit out of it. Of course you do. I, of you course know? you do. Of course you do. Nick, did we mention that someone's going to eat dog food? Um, hey, in case you guys weren't aware, in case you didn't hear it the 27 other times, Maggle said it. The loser eats dog food in the main event. Loser eats dog food. Show starts with with the Roman Reigns and the Usos out in the ring, talking the mo- about the how most exciting guess- part of this show was speculating what was actually in the bucket because it wasn't Butcher's Blend dog food, and we were pretty convinced it was either refried cans of refried beans or like chili no beans. It I was- don't care what it was; it looked it looked hideous, it and did. that was kind of the point of it. Roman Reigns and Usos out at the top of the show saying, "Ah, it sucks. We lost the Royal Rumble, but." 
at least we kicked Corbin's ass. Corbin comes out and says, no, you didn't. And Roman Reigns talks Corbin into having a three-on-three loser-eats-dog food match, which has been speculated for months now that they that someone in the back, Vince, got a wild hair up his ass that he wanted someone to eat dog food or just have more dog food involved in the show somehow. Uh, and here we go. We got it. We got a, a loser-eats-dog food match. The entire show, we had some poor PA at the top of the ramp stirring a giant bowl of what looked like you know warm feces uh, <laughs> next, to a, next, to a, next to a big can of dog food. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Uh, it looked like the morning it after a Taco Bell run. Yeah, it was. That'll it get was all the little twelve-year-olds going. Ah, he's stirring the poop. He's stirring. Ah! Ah! Uh, it was. This was about the most twelve-year-old thing I can remember seeing recently. Because, right. long story short, we had a match. Roman Reigns won, so they tied Baron Corbin to a turnbuckle on the outside and this just doused the man in dog food, uh, and then posed next to him, a la fraternity prank. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's he's got the poop on him. We covered him in dog food. <laughs> Look, Wait, he's covered in dog food. He didn't actually eat any of it, though. I thought he the loser like had to spat, eat dog food. Like some got into his mouth, like dripped into his mouth. He kind of went patooey, patooey. Yeah, no one ate. This was supposed to be a loser eats dog food match. You're promoting the entire show that someone's going to eat dog food. Literally saying, someone's going to eat dog food. And at the end, it's just a hazing ritual where we get someone have dog food poured on him. Okay, we're out. Hey, everybody, look at the camera and smile. <laughs> look, we're Roman Reigns and the Usos, and we totally took you to the penitentiary and poured dog food on you. Okay, bye. What? This was seven ways of dumb. First of all... This might be one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in WWE, period. Hyperbole, thy name is Howell. But yes, I, 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 agree. I did not like this. I you thought it got was your number... The guy you want to be your top guy in the company... Taking a spoon of chili and going thump and thwacking at him with chili or reef, whatever the hell it is. It didn't make Roman makes the him looks look like a jackass. And it all of the rehab like a, that you've like done asshole. on Roman Reigns over the yeah. course of the last year, you blew it all out of the water with this one that one thing right there. And I, and, and all the little fifteen year olds and Vince. We're all, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, you, know Vince, you know Vince was back there just laughing his ass But off. you ruined all of the effort that Roman has put in. I don't in think it's ruined. It just, you know, like uh, to say this ruin is, would be to go too far. It didn't help. Here's the thing. You want to do stuff that helps your guys. This didn't help anybody. All this help was your 12-year-old audience go, he covered him in dog. Roman got that, that Corbin back. That showed him. He bullied the bullies. Well, you know, hey, that's a great response. And if you're mad at bullying, Face Elias. If someone's bullying you, just bully them harder. Yeah, right. Okay, great. So, yeah, now this this was this was dumb. Uh, again, and it's also I don't I don't want to come across as being like petty. But if you're going to say the loser eats dog food, have the loser eat some goddamn dog food. Right. Don't bait and switch. Like stick to your damn gun. He needs to sit down with a giant wooden sit spoon down and, and eat some dog food exactly. like a it's good not, loser. It's not a hazing, right? It's not like loser gets covered in dog food, which is what happened, right? Don't say one thing and then do another because then I'm sitting here going like, well, what was – what? not that I want to see either guy eat dog food. Let's be clear. I'm not sitting here going like, gosh, I can't wait for Roman Reigns or Baron Corbin to actually consume food of the dog. But if you're going to do – say you're doing something – 
That's that is the bait and switch stuff that WWE is getting known for. Yeah, is we're telling you something's going to happen. That's not what happens at all. And it's kind of like, oh man. I, I, again, Nick, we we sit through this because of the show. If I was just some random person and sitting through SmackDown, and at the end it's just like a hazing ritual, I'd be like, oh, I sat through all this for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm very curious to hear if our like I. I I, I know there are people that are out there that were amused by this, that were like, this is, this is attitude era, you know, all written all over it. Um, so I know there's people out there who are like, okay, that was funny. That was messed up. Ha ha ha. And you know what? If this is your, if, if this is your speed, cool. You're, you're getting what you want from this product yep. uh, at this point. It just didn't, it didn't do it well, for me. We got news that a couple of ex- executives got boot the boot this week and they may have been the sane voices in the room that allowed this to happen since they Man, they're, those they're, two we'll talk about that in the news segment. Know, those people I had know. nothing to do with this. Is Vince had an obsession with dog food for some freaking reason. Like, we got to go back to that dog food thing from 2 months ago. <laughs> we yeah, they they didn't even give you the little chihuahua bark roman intro that you love so know. much. I know. Like you, you could have at least food. given me that. <laughs> Give me what bitches. I want. Yeah. All right. So, Nick, now we're back to tag teams. And, All right. Uh, this ladies was hot. And gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up because Nick's going to go on a rant again. No. Uh, fatal four-way tag match. Lucha House Party versus Revival versus Heavy Machinery versus Eminem, also known as Morrison and Miz or Miz and Morrison. The winner will face New Day in Saudi Arabia because, yay, we're still doing that. Uh, and guess who should win this match, Nick? Ziggler Not one and of the three. Not one of the th- <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So the last, yeah, that's the last time we had a, a big old tag match like this was was uh, Ziggler and Rude won. Well, this time Eminem won. Now here's the thing: they were a legit tag team back they in were. the day, Nick. And I wasn't I mad be- at this. I believe I, tag champions too. This as was I recall. this was actually a good. Ma- I enjoyed this. I thought this was fun. So what was your beef? You were like, I'm going to get mad about the tag teams over on SmackDown as well. We'll get to that one next. Oh, oh, okay. All right. It's something else. In- mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. So you had no problem with this. They so what, still what, need to, like, if, if you're going to tag together, go back, bring back the stuff that they used to use. They're still coming out and playing separate entrances and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. So fix that. But that said, I understand that they used to be a tag team. I'm not terribly. We're wrestling. I'm not terribly been out of shape about this one. Plus, you okay, had good. Heavy Machinery, Revival. Look at Metalik yeah. showing out underrated as hell in this match. Shh. All kinds oh, of stuff happening in this match that was fantastic. This was a brilliant <laughs> tag team match. Metalik, we're, we're one of the greatest luchador-style wrestlers in the world, and he's just being hidden yeah. in the back of WWE during his prime years. It's a, a damn tragedy. At any rate, yes, this was, this was a very fun match, as you said. Um, Eminem going on to face New Day in Saudi Arabia. Good luck to them. Titles never change hands over there. We'll see right. if that they they finally we'll see if they finally break that that uh, that rule. Nope. Uh, also, the revival. There's rumors that they're asking for their releases again. Who knows if that's a bargaining tactic? We're going to go to AW. You better pay us and make us tag champs again, or if they're actually serious this time. Uh, and Heavy Machinery. They were a little disappointed, but things worked out for your boy Otis. Because he went backstage, and while he was bumming out, out came Mandy Rose, uh, and he's, he basically shot his shot, Nick. Tucker encouraged him, and Otis said, you want to go for a date on Friday? And she was like, nah, I'm, I'm busy, but you know I'm free next Friday. And then she and Sonya went out to have a match. And, of course, Tucky took him a while for the brontosaurus brain to kick in, but he was like, I did some math. 
That's Valentine's Day. Dude, you've got a date with Mandy on Valentine's Day. I love Nick it. doing his best. I Otis love impression. It. Yeah, of course you do. Oh, my God. My heart. Oh, <laughs> my wholesome. heart was just melting into a puddle. This was the so only fun. wholesome angle on WWE uh, is, is going to take another twist. We're actually going to get a. So you saying Otis and Mandy wedding at WrestleMania. Well, we're getting their first date on Valentine's Day. It could happen. We've never had a WrestleMania wedding. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> this could be the year. Hashtag Nick booking. <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. That's like the ultimate Nick booking right there. Yes. That is Nick, Nick booking right there is Otis and Mandy wedding at WrestleMania. Uh, it gets interrupted by Lana. I might even write that, that into geez. my bonus episode just to will it into existence. <laughs> <laughs> Lana comes out and says, no, I object. Right, of course. I'm really with Mandy. Oh, uh, God. Jesus kill us um but then the the, the match that uh, fire and desire had after this was with alexa bliss and nikki cross uh and they lose and bliss cross wins here's where my problem lies okay both of these teams what alexa bliss and nikki cross they were tag champions for a minute yeah they They're have their own individuals now. It's, a, it's a combined entrance sure it's just alexa bliss's entrance let's not kid but ourselves. it's combined so right. it's poor, still a combined entrance. Cross. And then you look over at, at are Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville a tag team or aren't they? They are. Now they, they have a combined entrance now too. No, they don't. They play both their teams. They but it's, they, they, they're smooth together. They have like the, the one Tron. They're on each side. Like it's more of what they used to have. It's more than what they used to have when Sony just came out to Mandy's entrance. All right. You guys know but how I feel saying, about it. Like, what, what do you want? It, it, what do I want? You're getting what you asked for. You're getting what you asked for. They're having combined entrances. They're both they're both being presented as tag teams. Did did you no? The entrances were completely separate. They weren't. They were. They, they played came out both of, tracks. They came out of this. Yes, they switched back and forth. They Sonya Deville the came out first to her punching thing that she does and have fast music, and then it was the sexy, sultry music of Mandy Rose. Cut they out. definitely they, cut over to. They need they need to do something about that transition. But it was a com- like the graphics were combined. It's like you know, here's the one hot Fine. one, here's the angry one that's going to kill you, and the graphics were on the same the same Tron. It wasn't like here's one graphic, here's another graphic, here's both of their entrances. It doesn't matter. Alexa Bliss won again. Who gives a shit? You know, <laughs> at some point, at some point, they're going to let Mandy Rose win something. So, and, and they're going <laughs> to give Sonya Deville a chance to be relevant at all. I don't know why you're mad. She's going to win Otis. Well, that's fair. Well, that's, that's Otis is the real winner there, th- uh, dude. They lost this match, but they're having a full-on storyline angle on this t- on TV right now. What are Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross doing? True, they're winning the, winning this, and they, and they may go challenge the Kabuki Warriors, get the titles back, and then go continue with the breakup angle that we suspected was going to happen. Because now that they're now they seem like they're uh, back invested in that storyline. That could be something that happens at WrestleMania, where you have the tag team championships involved. Uh, the, the women's tag championships involved, and then we go back to that storyline to kind of like put on the sideline for a while. So, I like that. You know, like I'm saying, it's not all doom and gloom. It, it's not, but Alexa Bliss is not the end all be all of women's wrestling. And at some point, like she let her lose, right? Let, let, let somebody else have. To- a, she's had like set 27 matches with Mandy Rose in the last month, and. Won every single one of them. Are you oh telling my, me it a- could be so much worse, man? You remember, you remember uh, Bailey and and Sasha versus the the Riot Squad from a year or two ago. Like that just was never ended. They had like a million matches together. This is way better than that. All right. And now it looks like they th- with this match, 
they've set Alexa on a, and, and Nikki on a trajectory towards the tag team championships. It served a purpose. Sure. Yeah, that, just jobbing out to Alexa Bliss. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I, God. Listen, I do love that they have found this organic angle and that they're pushing it every single week, and we're seeing it on TV. With the exception of, like, two weeks ago, they didn't do something with it. But we, uh, we've we seen this kind of progress every single week. Keep doing it. It's the best thing SmackDown's doing right now, in my opinion. Build something organically like that. Fiend Daniel Bryan strap match? Meh. Otis and Mandy going on a date on Valentine's Day? What do you mean? You have wait, my wait, attention. Wait. What do you mean, meh? That match was awesome. That match was way better than it had any right to be, the strap match. With that Daniel is Bryan 100% the true, and the promo that Daniel Bryan cut. Oh, questioning his career, mm. saying that uh, this time he went home and Birdie's like, let me, Dad, let me see your boo-boos, and this time Bree goes, no, it's too much. Oh. I only Ooh. can hope that my daughter finds something that, she, something loves that she loves as much as I love this. Oh! Yeah, That was a definitely a chill-inducing promo yes. that he gave this week. Um, Stop God, being so that, damn good, Daniel Bryan. Seriously. Jesus. How did he elevate that strap match into like the, probably one of the best matches on that show besides the Royal Rumble? Right. Like unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm curious where they're going now because obviously, the, you know, he's, <laughs> he tried to go for the P. He, 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 like Icarus, he flew too high. Right. <laughs> yeah. Burned by the sun. Uh, we also had Sheamus versus Chad Gable in a rematch of Royal Rumble with the same outcome, virtually the same match. What the? <laughs> Have you learned nothing, Vincent? I thought they were going to give Gable his win back here, and this is same. 50, what are you good old, good old WWE fifty-fifty booking, but nope. Instead, we have good old-fashioned WWE rematch. Let's do the same match again, same outcome, nothing changed about it what it was basically a replay of the same match and what did what if, if there's any positive optimism to take out of this is that they'll take that shorty g gimmick out back and put a bullet in his head <laughs> take it out behind the barn and shoot Thank it because it's done stop oh. it move on he's an olympic wrestler for god's sakes yeah it's it's really sad it's really <laughs> like please just please stop calling him shorty. Oh. and and not, especially if he can't, especially if he can't beat Sheamus, he's like, no, believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, good things will happen. No, they won't. You're going to get bro kicked to to to, to oblivion. What, what lesson are you trying to tell us here? Oh, it's ridiculous. Uh, last right, well, but that, certainly that not. No, well, last but certainly not least, Naomi came out and said SmackDown Live, which I just wanted to call out. It it, it totally kind of didn't mean. Anything. I was saying that for weeks. I Thank know. you. I, I almost I almost forgot the Naomi yeah, yeah. part. We should probably talk about that because it's really important. Yeah, okay. Bailey came out to crap on the crowd and uh, was interrupted by Naomi coming out in a dead mouse mask without the ears. Uh, her new her new weird raver headpiece. Uh, I love how Corey was selling this like, oh, we don't really know who's in there. And it takes it off and the fro pops. Goes, oh, oh, it's Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> hey, oh, of course Hoppa. it is. Like everybody, just generic, Japan, all yeah. generic wrestlers have the same uh, glow entrance as she does. Oh, no. Uh, oh, it's Naomi. We weren't sure before she yeah. took the mask off. That's like I, I I just made the joke and I'll make it again because I love running jokes into the ground. But it's like Kevin Kelly in New Japan. Hey, it's Hanma. I'm gonna do that from now on. Hey, it's Naomi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she came in with her new her new headpiece and a whole bunch more lasers, and basically said, "Bailey, you ain't never beat me. You have my attention. Yeah. Naomi versus Bailey. All right. Naomi's a two time champ. Shake it. It, it, it. Shake it up. Write the bill. Let's have a good time. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Last time she was in WWE, she was on Raw, but that's beside the point. Right. Doesn't matter. 
Let's, let's on SmackDown. Yeah. Okay. None of that. Cool. Ever, right. When has that ever mattered before? <laughs> That's the question. Hashtag WWE logic. Indeed. And that was SmackDown. Well, thank you very much, guys. And uh, to close things out here, we are going to end with our moment of positivity. The mop. The Surrey and Dangerous. Mop time. What made you the mop time? What made you the happy? Hap, hap, happy this week. Oh, I mean, I've I I've gotta go with Ciampa just being daddy. Okay. Like that whole that whole part. When he's in the ring and he, <laughs> I I love the concept, and it's not done often enough in storytelling, but maybe that's maybe that's for a good thing, so it's not overused. But I love when the good guy says he's going to do something that sounds really extreme, and then he just does it. Like, I'm going to take you uh, I'm over the side over there. I'm going to shoot off both your kneecaps. Then I'm going to do a backflip, then jump onto that goat right off into the sunset. And then he runs over there, shoots him in the kneecaps, does a backflip, gets on the goat, rides off into the sunset. He does exactly that. Does exactly what he says. Comes out there, spray paints the table. See that big X? I'm going to powerbomb your ass through it. Five minutes later, he power bombs his ass through it. That is, I love that. Me too. I love that. And especially because there is, and there has been, the pandemic of the dumb baby face in WWE, where he just kind of like dopely walks into the bad guy's plans and he has to fight his way out or whatever. It's always great when you see, uh, and it's happening on Raw right now with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, when you see a good guy being proactive about the bad guy having a bit of an edge going out there and edge. Um, what what on this day i see clearly uh, it just triggered me i'm gonna have a little I, hot button every time somebody says edge it just <laughs> <laughs> one of us is gonna start singing yeah we're just, <laughs> like it's like a uh, uh, manchurian, manchurian <laughs> candidate like every time someone yeah. says edge we're, <laughs> sing the song uh, yeah, no, it's, it's gotta be Ciampa saying what he's going to do and then just doing it. You're right. Cause that just, that just tickled me pink. Yeah. Mine's easy. Um, Otis Dozovich has a date with Mandy Rose on Valentine's oh day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Does it get any better than that guys? I, I know that's going to be yours. Uh, like the actual date is going to be yours for that week too. Like it's just going to be consistent. <sighs> oh man. That's funny. I can't wait to see SmackDown next week. Seriously. Wow! With one segment, they've got you hooked. Oh no! The, this the is dog been, food. I have they, been they on this train. Got you in the world. I've been on this train yeah. since the beginnings of Instagram when Otis was making out like she was already his girlfriend. Right. Like eighteen <laughs> this months has been ago. Going for a while. This has been going they on for been, over yeah. a year. Oh, like two years. Yeah. Like long, long time. Both of them were long in NXT time. when this started. That's the. It's transcended to the main roster now and on to right. Fox. <laughs> This is what they're – and it's brilliant. Oh. It's organic and it's happened naturally. What was his name? The, the guy who used to tag team with Riddick Moss? Uh, Sabatelli. Sabatelli. He's, she's actually dating Tito Sabatelli, who's basically just like – A, a chiseled guy. Tall, tall, chiseled, greasy son of a bitch who just looks like the kind of guy who would be dating a Mandy yeah. and driving a Ferrari, and you just want to hate him. But then, she, but then like Otis is making it out like it's him. <laughs> Oh, I'm just glad they finally made this into an angle, and it is like the most pure thing on WWE, oh, yeah. right? It really is. I love it. Well, thank you very much for that, and uh, thank you guys. But oh no, we're we're not done yet. Oh, what? we've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep 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 beep. 
All right. Well, remember last summer where uh, Corey Graves called out Mauro Ronaldo for talking too much as an announcer and talking over his co-hosts, and uh, it made Mauro freak out. He missed a missed a couple shows and then like turned off all of his social media. Yeah. Well, he finally spoke out about that. Okay. He said uh, Mauro says. It was a blessing in disguise. I have nothing really to say about Corey Graves or anyone else in my professional existence in the sense that everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Everyone is able to critique everyone the way they would. I would never do something like that to a coworker, but that has been addressed. And if anything, I publicly thank Corey Graves because he was the straw that broke the proverbial back in terms of my social media activity. And I will say here and now, I had deactivated all of my social media since November, and I would implore everyone, especially those with mental health issues, to do the same. Yeah, uh, Social media is so dangerous to those of us, us with mental health conditions, and I know in the media and our everyday lives now, people are being hired and fired by their social media followings or the amount of information they post or how popular they are. I think it is a disease. So out of that situation with my colleague, I am no longer on social media. I will never get back on social media. So I got to say this, if we didn't have the group and if we didn't do the show, I wouldn't be on any of it either. I'd have, I, let me yeah, give you an example. If, I did. Uh, if you guys don't know this, by the way, go into your, if you have an iPhone at least, go into your settings and go into the Facebook app and make sure you turn the microphone off. Do that for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them, because they're listening. And if you mm -hmm. want proof... Talk about something you've never talked about before, you've never searched for or done anything for, like, I don't know, QuickBooks or a Peloton treadmill. Both of those things Esther and I had conversations you're, about, and you're then about all to of a get sudden... More, yeah. No, it's yeah. turned off now. But, I mean, the microphone setting is. You're literally speaking into a microphone right now. I understand that, but not to Facebook. <laughs> I know, I know. The point is, is that th Work they're all listening. It is toxic as hell. You are an advertising unit. That is mm -hmm. all you are to social media. Nothing you say out there has any weight and is not going to sway anything anywhere. And I wish I could just get rid of all of it. All right. This, uh, this brought to you by, by Nick against social media. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, honestly, like, I usually prefer promoting the show and the band and the bars. But beyond that, yeah, I, I learned my lesson a few years ago. Like, social media is evil. Yeah. Evil. But I will say this. Our Facebook discussion group is awesome. It is. And I'm actually really grateful that we have that. So, got to say that that's actually... Mm, mm, mm. Also, you know, if it wasn't for Twitter, we would not have been uh, put into the situation we are now, Nick, which um, is that looking like there's a rumble about to happen. Looking like a little, you know... When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. It looks like there's a, there's a rumble coming, Nick. Looks like uh, Going in Raw has thrown down. Uh, they, we, uh, one of our listeners uh, threw us under the bus to Going in Raw, and now Going in Raw and we are having a little tension going on there between mm. the two podcasts. A little tension. Uh, listen, let's make sure we describe this correctly. I want to make sure that we play out the timeline here. So Bill, because I outed him and I kind of feel bad about it, Bill posted in the group that we should revisit the dream match. Right. Yes. Let's give going in raw another chance to take Nick down from two years ago at <laughs> WrestleMania. And yeah, I'll turn that spoon a little bit harder, guys. I'll play the promo again if you guys want to hear it. Uh, but anyway, I decided to take that and put it up on Twitter and just say, hey, going in raw. Hey, Steve Larson. What say you? Yeah. Then we got some good responses. We did. It looks like they're down. We did. Yeah. We got some got some bring it ons yep. from them. So uh, there, there may be some rumbles afoot between us and the going in raw podcast. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, back to the news, though. 
MVP may have wrestled his last WWE match. He said that he came back for two and out. He wanted his last WWE match to be on his terms. He wanted a match with Rey Mysterio, put over Rey Mysterio. That's why it was the way it was this last Monday. But uh, again, you know, talk about the tale of two superstars coming back. Edge comes back. Everyone's freaking out. We're talking about getting a button uh, to sing his song. And MVP comes back and kind of went over like a fart in church. He was, he was there. He got tossed by Brock. He put over Rey Mysterio, and that was it. Um, it does seem a little... It's uh, it's a little sad. Normally, Nick, they do these they kind of things more. as a last run before they get announced for the Hall of Fame uh, in April, but I I don't see MVP being a Hall of Famer. I don't see MVP being a Hall of Famer. I mean, like maybe in a, in like another decade when people look back at him the way they looked at the Godfather, and they're kind of like, oh, that was kind of a cool gimmick. Why well, yeah. not? Let's put him in there. But the Godfather had several gimmicks, of course, but uh, whereas MVP just had the one. So even that doesn't, I guess, doesn't really work. But it's strange to me that they didn't actually call that out on Monday Night Raw that this was his last match and actually give him the on people like respond to it better. I don't know. There's there's aspects of this that I, I don't think we know enough about um, to get the full story. But according to him, that was it as far as WWE was concerned. Mm. Uh, AJ Styles is out for six to eight weeks with a separated shoulder. Thanks to taking that spot uh, in the Royal Rumble, took Edge's spear wrong. He says it was all his fault. He tried to sell Edge, make Edge look great, and he just happened to come down weird, overbrothered himself, as he said. Uh, <laughs> and he's going to be out. Hopefully, he'll be back by WrestleMania. That timetable does put him back in time to build a feud and be at WrestleMania. So, fingers crossed, AJ heals quickly. Yes. A uh, little 205 Live news that, that show is still on, and it actually was really good this week. Oni Lorcan's back. Oni Lorcan's back, and he came out to save Danny Birch after after a beatdown after a match. Uh, so Oni Lorcan and Birch looks like they're back together, which is fantastic news. Wow! Uh, for everyone who's a fan of the Star Destroyer, uh, Tyler Breeze also dropped a loss to Angel Garza. Garza gets his win back from Takeover uh, over Very Game Breeze, and Joaquin Wild actually does win. He does win sometimes, just never on NXT, but he does win on 205 Live, but then again, it was only over Raul Mendoza, so, you know, no big deal. Right. But actually, actually a pretty good episode this week of 205 Live. Huh. I'll have to watch that tonight. New Japan's new beginning in Sapporo was last night. We've also got night two tonight, so stay tuned for that, but night one Why couldn't they have had this card in Raleigh last week? <laughs> this or is earlier this week, I should say. Because Suzuki ain't going to come to Raleigh. Yeah, that's true. I'm just to Durham. He's not, Suzuki's not coming to Durham. <laughs> neither, is, uh, neither is Okada and Taichi. We had Moxley teaming up with Kazuchika Okada versus Taichi and Suzuki. Uh, wet your appetite for tonight and next week. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was tasty. Suzuki was biting Moxley. Moxley was slapping the taste out of Suzuki's mouth. It was all delicious stuff. And at the end, Taichi and uh, Suzuki beat the crap out of Moxley and Okada. It was good. Ooh, it was good stuff. Uh, Ishii and Evil was not as good as I expected. I think Ishii's working hurt, hmm. to be honest with you, because he's he's looking pretty ginger. Did he finally break there. that neck? It doesn't have a neck to break, Nick. That's, it's something that's else that's messing with him, I'm yeah. sure. Maybe his back or, or lower back or something. I don't know, but he's uh, they still beat the crap out of each other, but just not. it wasn't at the pace that Ishii yeah. usually goes. Uh, but you want to talk about pace. Not only did we have Hiromu and Dragon Lee getting back in the ring together and showing people what fast-paced wrestling is, but then you also had Shingo Takagi versus Hiroki Goto. And I'm sad to say that once again... Goto is a transitional champ and dropped the never open weight championship to Shingo Takagi. That being said, Shingo Takagi is your new never open weight champ. 
And that's awesome. I love that. He's already, actually, he is already like people are lining up to face him for this title. That's it's awesome. I think that's a great call to put it on him. I feel bad for Goto as I always do. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a perpetual time, state we're in with Goto. <laughs> he's just that dude. It's <laughs> just like his role in that company. But uh, yeah, no, very excited for Shingo and the matches he has coming to him. Uh, holding that belt. So a lot of, because he can face heavyweights, he can face, face junior heavyweights. It's just basically everyone come for me. Um, it looked like Sho was eye, eyeballing him from the announcer's position. So maybe Sho versus Shingo, that would be a great match. I'm just, I'm down for anything. Give me, I, and honestly, like Shingo Goto was a great match too. Yeah. Uh, very hard hitting as you would imagine. So check that out. Tonight mm-hmm. on a new beginning is Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the Rev Pro Heavyweight Championship. That ought to be And good. Okada. Okada versus Tai Chi, which is basically probably going to be Tai Chi being squirrely and then getting murdered. Uh, and then next week on the 9th is going to be Moxley versus Suzuki. Oh. So stay tuned. There's good stuff happening over in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not such good stuff happening in the back boardrooms of WWE, however. Uh, the, let's see, what is, it's the, uh, the chief financial officer and uh, chief the revenue chief officer. revenue officer. Yep. I'm not good at business. Uh, George Berrios and Michelle Wilson have, quote, left the WWE. Uh, we're not sure if they were forced out, which is the scuttlebutt that they were forced out. They were voted out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they'll have to disclose gone. that on the earnings call coming up here soon. Which actually is the speculation yeah. is that they are going to be the scapegoats for a bad uh, business earnings call that uh, the numbers were going to be way low, and so they were being taken out as a preemptive strike, and then they can just blame everything on on those two. Uh, we know from Cody interviews that George Barrios is not exactly... Uh, Cody's not a big fan of George Barrios. He says that there's, he's one of the problems with WWE and probably how they look at money. Um, other people are saying, of course, the big problem is not anyone who's working from a corporate standpoint, but it is Vince himself who keeps shooting himself in the foot Either way, uh, Frank A. Riddick III is going to be the interim CFO. We don't have an, an interim CRO announced yet, but uh, the hit happened. WWE stocks plummeted by nearly $10 a share. They lost a billion dollars in total market value and down 25% on the last uh, 36 hours since this was announced. So I'm waiting to see damn. where the bottom is so I can buy some more because we're getting into – listen – do not ta- I am not a stock trader. Do not take stock advice from Nick. <laughs> Disclosure. <Nope>. Disclaimer. <laughs> I'm okay. just saying I'm waiting for it to hit bottom, and then I'm going to load up because what are we going into right now? Mania season. WrestleMania season. Yeah. Merch is going to go yeah. through the roof. New shows are going to go through the roof. All kinds of good stuff is getting ready to happen. So – Blessing in disguise here, potentially. You never want to see WWE use a billion dollars in their market cap. But at the same time, this is an opportunity for individuals to become shareholders. So, much like, in disclosure, I am a shareholder. So, I do have stock. Not much. But it's it's more than a handful of shares. So, I'll say yeah. that. You should have bought it five years ago when they were really at the bottom. And then... Dude, uh, it's kind of about the time I did. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, good. So, don't take stock advice, but from Nick, but yet I am not a stock a, trader. I yeah. am not a, a a financial advisor. No, but no, uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm looking for into this as a as an opportunity as well. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, another news: Voices of Wrestling reported that uh, USA might be paying WWE 
zero dollars for NXT. Uh, but then they got mad when Meltzer said that there's no way that's possible, and uh, Reddit also called them out for being ludicrous. And then they went on the defensive and said, uh, we never reported that, which technically if you read what they said, uh, they didn't really report that. They reported more that it was a rumor. Uh, they said, uh, uh, their, their initial tweet was, as discussed on both the new flagship and WrestleNomics Radio episodes released earlier tonight, an interesting aspect of next Thursday's WWE quarterly report will be just how much money WWE is receiving from USA for NXT. There are some industry whispers that the actual number is $0. So basically what happened was Voices of Wrestling reported a total speculative rumor uh, and then, to their credit, reported it as such, and it was picked up, and everyone was like, what, 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 what? And then backed off, saying, this isn't a quote story, it is a casual tweet, passing along an industry rumor. The tweet literally says, an interesting aspect of the report will be just how much W does receiving for NXT, a total of which nobody knows until the Q4 report is made public. Right. So basically, uh, Voices of Wrestling reported nothing, and then got mad when people took it as something. Was how I, how I, I just thought that was an interesting... We had a couple of instances of that happen this week. Yeah. Ringside. Just, <laughs> Sorry. I'm so ringside news. Well, they're a whole different level of crap. But just, just a, that's just a reminder to everybody. When you read something coming out from one of these news sites, make sure you just check how they're how they're saying it because some of these guys are putting out stuff just to get the hits and the tweets uh, and the retweets. There's a reason uh, we don't blog. And, and there's and there's really nothing to the Because it's all clickbait that, like, and none of these guys know jack shit. Yeah, and just when they say it's an industry rumor, it usually means it's a bunch of smoke in the damn wind. Yep. Chase Owens, uh, this is a real story. Chase Owens signed multi-year deal with New Japan. He is Good he is you, in it for the long term. I don't blame him. He's uh, he's been get to do, he's getting to do a lot over there, uh, keeping working. So congratulations to Chase Owens for re-signing. Uh, on a sad note, Bret Hart has cancer. But it is uh, skin cancer. It's basal oh. cell car- carcinoma. He had a mole he's gonna removed. Get he's going to get, yeah, basically, it's, uh, he's going to get some skin cut off uh, the next few days, and he'll be, he will be fine. So don't, don't panic if you see a Bret Hart has cancer headline. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Uh, another competitor announced for Bloodsport, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport coming up uh, WrestleMania weekend, Killer Kelly. Killer Kelly has been added to the car. We don't know who her opponent will be. That's another. That's another damn good competitor. Th- looking Thunder like a strong Rosa. card. Please, Thunder Rosa. Uh, I don't know if Thunder Rosa Killer Kelly, for, but <laughs> that would be that would be pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I would. I mean, wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, and finally, Ring of Honor, which is at least for me, Nick. I mean, I'm getting back interested in Ring of Honor. They hit a really low point there uh, around the end of last year with just a bunch of scandals and booking question questionable booking. They're bringing back the pure title. And if you don't remember that, it's because it hasn't been around for about 15 years. The last pure title was uh, unified into the current Ring of Honor championship uh, in a match between Daniel Bryan, back when he was Bryan Danielson, and Nigel McGuinness. So uh, the pure title, yeah, the pure title is a title that is, it's got special rules for it, uh, where you can't have closed fist, fist punches, uh, there's only three rope breaks allowed for a submission. So if in a match you use the rope three times to break a sub- any submission hold, after that, there's no rope breaks. Wow. That's at least some of the old rules. We don't know if they're going to reform the new rules uh, or create new rules for the pure title now, but it does seem like they're going to have a title that is only defended under certain specific rules for that title. 
I think that's a brilliant idea. There's not enough of those in the world today. That's a fascinating concept to have. And it's one of the things that kind of put Ring of Honor on the map is to, you know, say we are, we are pure technicality here. Uh, so, yeah, bring it on. I think it's yes. a brilliant idea. I don't know whose idea that was, but... Marty Skrull, he's running if, shit if, if now, person, apparently. Maybe, maybe. And if, if so, brilliant idea. Uh, all props to that. So he even keep said, your eye open he even for the said so at a new beginning. He said at the end of it, he says, I'm getting pretty good at this matchmaking stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with him. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, let's see, they're going to have a tournament for it at uh, Pure Excellence, which is February 5th and February 7th. So we don't know who's going to be in the tournament yet. Um, oh, no, we don't know when it's going to be crowned yet. Pure, Pure Excellence is coming up for Ring of Honor. Supercard maybe at WrestleMania weekend? We don't know when the Pure Championship champion will be crowned, but you know WrestleMania weekend certainly sounds like yeah. a likely thing, if not like a, a pay-per-view before that. So yeah. that's the news, Nick. Nice. Thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous, and thank you guys for hanging out with us today on this episode of the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Make sure you're in the Facebook discussion group. Make sure you find your link to the Discord community at any of our social profiles or in the description on this video below if you're watching on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Streaming live right here on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and jingle the little notification bell so that you get notified anytime we go live or put up new content. And last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons for being as amazing you are and being willing to give over your hard-earned dollars every single month just to get access to some show notes, bonus episodes, the ability to play in our patron pickums, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO if you want to support the show. You can find all of these links and more over at BWOpodcast.com. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn man? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.